0: And I'm Benny Shoulder and welcome to Jewanced.
1: We're two Jewish guys. We grew up in America, we live in Israel, and we're looking to challenge popular conceptions, think critically, examine independently,
0: and most of all, seek nuance. Each episode we'll host a different guest. Together, we'll take a deep dive into politics, foreign affairs, religion, science, technology, food, the arts, business, you name it. A lot of it will deal with the Jewish world in Israel, but not all.
1: Our goal to create a platform where people share their stories. Insights and Visions. No talking points, no script, no agenda. Just a deeper, nuanced understanding of the world around us.
0: Join us as we explore, think, debate and discuss and perhaps most of all, listen. Juanced. You know like like nuanced but with a J. Yeah, they get it, dude. Let's just start. greetings out there in podcast lend everybody it's benny and dan coming at you live with another episode of juanced uh dan how you doing man dude it's been a crazy week it has been a crazy week uh a long week i have to say it's it's one of those things right we had new years in the middle of the week uh so it's like i don't know it feels like a really long week it feels like you're still in 2020 even though it's 2021 if, if i was, you know on the job, I'd be I'd be writing in uh, 2020, and then like everybody does, xing it out and putting in 2021. And... Happened to me. Happened to me. Yeah, it happens all the time.
1: It was uh, the, the least uh, exciting New Year I think I've ever had. I mean, we're pretty lame on New Year here anyway, but uh, but we literally stayed at home. And no, I had
0: a party with myself. I worked.
1: I worked. We played some video games with the kids, and I and I kept went
0: back to work. I think I was in bed before New Year. You're you know who am I kidding? Either. I'm in bed every night yeah, before 12 are. o'clock. There's lame. I, I can't even remember the last time. So. Between that and and like, I think I'm just tired. I'm really, really tired. Um, Exercise more. That's the secret. No, I mean mentally tired. I know, exercise more. um, It's a secret to everything.
1: Unless the answer is how not to exercise, exercise is the answer. And I'm going to say that every time and I say it to everybody who knows me.
0: Yeah, the pro the problem is is that that's not going to get you to forget about the reality of your your life that that you're living in this COVID loop over yeah. and over and over and over and over again.
1: Work hard enough until you can't think. That's kind of my philosophy. That works.
0: Yeah, that does work. That's what I'm saying that but, works. But recreational drugs also work. You you could also
1: do enough recreational drugs until uh, until you can't think.
0: Yeah, unfortunately, with, uh, <laughs> with the way things are, that's that's not happening either. Anyways, but
1: dude, I had it. First of all, I've literally been on Zoom all day. Uh, exciting things, good meetings. Um, had the first inaugural meeting of uh, the Gulf Israel Policy Forum, which I helped found. Um, so that was very exciting. What, what's, but, that?
0: what's the Gulf Israel Policy So
1: forum? under the UA-Israel Business Council, um, which I mention just about every episode, uh, I helped found a forum. It's an unofficial forum, but it's a forum of policymakers, researchers, academics, um, from various fields. So if we're talking about foreign policy or if we're talking about economics or environmental policy or media or whatever, and uh, to create a forum, we can collaborate and discuss and, and share information kind of you know, out of the public eye. So we had our first ever um, inaugural meeting today and it was uh, really interesting and I'm glad we did. Michael Oren graced us with his presence. Um, he called him up and he said he'd be happy to do it. But something even more exciting happened today.
0: You discovered your sexuality?
1: No, that's tomorrow. Oh. No, no, no. So we had a Zoom retirement party for my boss at the JPPI, the Jewish People Policy Institute. And on this Zoom call, which I was asked to moderate because of my clearly uh, radiophonic voice,
0: um... Because of jews, they, they hear you do this, and they're like, It's because of the guy in the audience.
1: So, we had I mean, easily among the biggest uh, leaders and influencers of the Jewish world, ambassadors, and, and what have you. Uh, but the guest uh, of honor who made a surprise appearance to congratulate um, my outgoing boss was none other than Dr. Henry Kissinger. And I have poor crap, man. Yeah, I was on a Zoom call. Um, entered- he's, he's alive. First of all, he's alive. He's completely lucid and as sharp and as as uh, insightful as ever. He speaks slowly. He's ninety four, I believe. He speaks speaks very slowly, but he's uh, immortal. You know what? He just might (laughs) be. Um, So I had the amazing honor. First of all, it would have been an honor with everyone else that was on the call, but to moderate a Zoom session in which Henry Kissinger was um, the one of the main speakers.
0: I'm impressed. Both that Henry Kissinger was on a call with you earlier today and that Henry Kissinger uses Zoom.
1: <laughs> he has a bunch of assistants, including technical assistants, who set everything up. But, uh, man, that was cool.
0: So, so was, does
1: he... It was Henry Kissinger in a conversation about geopolitics with Dennis Ross, who is um, co-chair of, of our institute.
0: Dennis Ross was like the the Clinton Mideast guy, right? Dennis
1: Ross was the Clinton and Bush uh, Mideast guy. He was a... He was... Secretary of State Clinton, Hillary Clinton's top Middle East guy, uh, policy planning, serious guy before the email server, um, uh, maybe during the no, 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 no. Well, not for the campaign when she was Secretary of State. Okay. Uh, and he and he is the co chair of the Institute, so I, I meet with Dennis frequently, uh, whenever he's in town. Um, but to hear these two giants, I mean, literally giants of foreign policy, um, have this conversation in this session to be able to moderate it was, uh,
0: Oh, cool! Good times. Good times. Is he going to come back? Is he? Is he?
1: He stays on as the like. Uh, is he a part of the? Yeah, he's the, the chairman of the board. He's the chairman of the board. This is his way to contribute to the Jewish people. Okay. And and
0: your boss? How long? How long was he?
1: Eighteen years. He founded the institute, and now we have a new guy, uh, Yadidia Stern, coming from the Israel Democracy Institute, and he's a a well known professor, a law professor, and also very important. Him the thriving of the Jewish people, which is uh what we're all about at the JPPI. So cool, yeah,
0: exciting! So it's like it's it's you got that going on, we've got this crazy covet thing going on still. You tried to get vaccinated, it didn't work out.
1: Yeah, they said go walk in, maybe they'll have extras. So okay, we walked in, they didn't have extras, but I've heard plenty of people who uh who succeeded, but uh, that's fine. Yeah, no, I'm young, I'm healthy. So,
0: so to 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 make this point, some some of the people listening so they'll understand in Israel. Uh, they're giving the vaccine right now to people that are 60 and up. If you're below 60 or if you're uh, a medical worker or if you're a medical worker, if you, if you don't fit into that group at the end of the day, because they have the Pfizer vaccine, they have to throw away what they took out. They can't put it back in the fridge for tomorrow. So right. they call up people that are, you know, waiting or walk-ins or walk-ins or whatnot to, to try to dispose of it. That the, the funny story was you try to use it, I should well, say. What well, was so that funny disposed. story
1: about the, uh, the nurse who went out on the street and saw a pizza guy and she had extra Doses," she said. "Come yeah, in, yeah. Hey, you. Come in and get vaccinated. Yeah. Uh, so Israel, yeah. Israel, in a nutshell. So
0: Dan you. didn't try to take it from somebody who deserved it, uh, you know. So we don't get like angry comments. Or I something. did not. I did not try to take it. Anyone. Yeah, yeah. It was. It was. It was. It was all kosher. Um, and yeah. So crazy stuff. So so yesterday you turned on the news, of course, or it was the day before yesterday, and I see that Trump is trying to lean in on the Georgia Secretary. Of Can State. you explain
1: that to me? I, I'm I'm overwhelmed by literally everything else in the news cycle, including our own upcoming elections. What the hell happened in Georgia?
0: Uh, the devil went down to Georgia. It's, mm. is what happened. No, uh, so so what happened uh, to make a very long story short? And this has nothing to do with the Georgia Senate runoff, which is obviously happening uh, or did happen uh, today, yesterday, today. I need to check in on the news. Uh, but essentially, they have to certify their uh, their their vote counts in order for it to. To uh, to to cement the decision of the voters in, in in stone, and then have it be sent to to Washington and and you know as a certified vote count. And uh, Trump is is uh, and I, I don't want to be clear. I'm not a hundred percent on this, but he he wanted to in in trying to overturn the results of the election, say that it, it is impossible that Georgia would have gone to a Democrat to a Democrat. You know his rallies were so strong, his performance there was great. How could it possibly be? And I think. It, he was down by 11,800 yeah, votes. Find me 11,000 votes. Yeah, 11, find me these votes. So today I read the entirety of the I made the mistake of reading the entire uh transcript of this of this phone call.
1: This is why you're tired all the time. The phone you're, call was an
0: hour and 15 minutes long. And you read a transcript of so I all read the days. transcript in the New York Times. But th- there are some good points to it if you're reading it in a comedic light. And and anybody that reads this transcript is clearly gonna read it in the Trump voice in their mind when they're reading it. It's like you see it, you see, like it's Trump, this guy, the Secretary of State, Trump. So you get to you get to read it in his voice. So I'll just read this one. Please don't part. please don't do the, the I'm not gonna do his voice, but I'll say Trump says this about uh the vote count. He goes, it doesn't pass the smell test. You have to pretend that I'm saying this in a Trump voice. It doesn't pass the smell test because we hear they're shredding thousands and thousands of ballots, and now what they're saying, oh, we're just cleaning up the office. Yeah. And then the secretary of state of Georgia says, Mr. President, the problem you have. With social media, they people can say anything. And Trump responds, Oh, this isn't social media. This is Trump media. It's not social media. It's really not. It's not social media. I don't care about social media. I couldn't care less. Social media is big tech. Big tech is on your side, you know. I don't even why know why you have a side because you should want to have an accurate election. And you're a Republican. It's almost as if South Park
1: did a, a show about the caricature of an American president with just no regard. Or decorum, or how things actually work. Who's never even seen a government office? I mean, I don't care if you're a Democrat or Republican. People don't go around shredding votes. That's just not how it works.
0: Did you see there was a movie back in the day? It was called Idios Idi- Idiocracy, Idiocracy. Yeah. with uh, Terry Cruz? Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. that's where we are. Anyways, we've tied got- this up. We have got a great, a great episode for you today. We've got a, a terrific guest uh, who we'll introduce in one second. Before we get there, two brief announcements. Two brief announcements. Uh, two brief announcements. So. Here's the deal, guys. I say this every episode and I'm going to keep saying it every episode. Uh, We rely on the support of listeners like you and you uh, for this show to keep going. You and you for this for this show to keep going. Uh, And we love it. when We get contributions and we and we do get contributions, but we do not get enough. So if you'd like to see uh, and hear Juans keep going and keep bringing you great, uh, great content, great guests, uh, from all contexts around the Jewish, uh, around the Jewish and Israel uh, world, uh, please make a contribution. You can make a one-time contribution or, over PayPal, or, and we prefer, or. A, a, an ongoing contribution mm. on Patreon. Uh, we have swag coming, and, uh, and 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 maybe most importantly, if your organization or company would like to sponsor an episode, please reach out to us. For any and all information, you can find us on the web at www.juwants.com. So, uh, Dan?
1: One more quick message. So these times, uh, and we understand the challenges of connecting to an audience with creative and meaningful content. If you're looking to engage with your community, we've got the perfect solution for you. And so we are introducing, I guess we're not introducing anymore because we've been saying it for a few weeks. We're already. introducing to them. Oh, we listening. are, first-time listeners. We're introducing Juwants Live. Just like on the show, we can be engaging, inquisitive, and witty in person as well. Our unique talent in bringing out complexity, nuanced, and captivating content from guests doesn't have to end at the studio door. So if you're interested in hosting a live, dedicated podcast with audience participation, whether virtual or hopefully soon in person, or having us moderate your organization or community's next panel event, we've got you covered. Plus, you covered our extensive network uh, and connections to a broad range of fascinating guests on a range of topics, um, we, Juance Live can be the perfect solution for you. So, for more information on that, and on how to engage with Juance Live for your next event, visit us at www.juance.com. Awesome. So I'm thrilled.
0: We're thrilled today. We have a friend of the podcast on today, uh, and and before I even introduce him. He's responsible for a lot of the things that, uh, that we had uh, that we set up in the beginning of, of, of the podcast. So you'll, you'll soon understand.: You, you how.
1: mentioned swag, and if anyone looks at the podcast and you notice our logos, if you notice the artwork on the website, all of this is from the amazing Mind and hand of artist, illustrator, graphic designer, and an old friend of mine, Roy Margaliot, um, graduate of the Beth- Academy of Arts, and he's uh, featured his work in uh, various exhibitions, and magazines, uh, in the art world, in Israel and in the United States and in other places, and speaking us to us now live from his home in Jerusalem. We'd love to have you here in the studio, but COVID uh, doesn't allow us so much. We are thrilled to have the amazing artist, Roimar Galiot. How you doing, bud? Hey, great. Thank you for uh, <laughs> inviting me. You know... Uh, when we were concocting the idea of this podcast, I, I personally had in my mind the kind of deep conversations that you and I have had so many times over the years. Um, you're just such a fun person to talk to, and you're just such a free thinker and a deep thinker. And um, and so we're we're so glad to have you in the show. And we when we started the show, and we were thinking of who's going to do the artwork. Uh, you're you're really the first person who who popped into. Uh, My mind and Benny was, uh, I think, just as excited as I was once he saw your work and also your work features in in my house, uh, not just on the show. So (laughs) what are you up to these days?
2: Well, a lot of stuff. We're trying to uh, raise five kids in these crazy times. Like you mentioned, it's really crazy. I'm 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 teaching at uh, several places and I'm working... uh, from the studio in Zoom meetings also. And the second I finish here, I go up and my house look like a, a Hamas. A, yeah,
1: like a bomb uh, went off in the middle of your living room. It looks like an art studio after class is over.
2: It's crazy. It's crazy. The kids are running into the studio in the middle of my uh, uh, lectures and taking stuff from here. And dad, can I borrow your pens? Dad, can I borrow the ink? And I, yeah, 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 just get out, everything. And I go up and they're using everything On everything and we're cleaning every day and every kid bring another friend and like i'm going up we have 10 kids it's not not where
0: you thought you would be uh a couple months ago uh or a year ago again again i I was saying it's not where you thought that you would be
2: no man it's it's, crazy it's it's amazing it's like I, i i believe that i am a believer and it's it's a really really crazy times that you see everything that the human kind try to reach and hold as a system is just breaking and you have nothing to hold on and every carpet that you stand on is just taking off and you're just falling to another place and you try to find yourself again and it's i don't know you know it's like when you try to hit the mattress before you falling and there are no mattress, but then you have to get up again before you're falling. It's it's. I I think it's an amazing experience to practice faith in some way. Um, but yeah, you know, like let's say walk in studio and how nothing, nothing is, uh, nothing is uh, real. Like nothing is ordinary, and uh, I I find it really amazing. Uh, really because you do not know what will be tomorrow
0: <laughs> no
2: and, and that's tr- like that's real life you don't really know what will be tomorrow you just assume and now you can't assume shit like you can't assume nothing
0: do you think that um when you mentioned that it's it's like everything that you stand on seems seems to fall down was there any particular thing where you look uh and say like you were most surprised by something not not working out, or 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 like you had to get up many times during this period.
2: Um, no, because I'm lazy, as, <laughs> uh, and and I never tried, Let's say I never thought that I will go to learn something. I was in a kibbutz before. I was in the bochel for a few years, and cool. then it finished. And my mom's my mom told me. What are you going to do with your life? I said, I don't know. And I just became religious again. And uh, she said, okay, so go to Beth Go to learn something. I said, okay. And that's how I got I never thought about what I supposed to do. I had a studio a few years ago. uh, And it was on Be'er Chevron Street in front of a hotel. And my friends were coming to take me to, to to the swimming pool. All the time. And my wife was like, what, what are you doing? How is work? Like, my, yeah, I came from Tel Aviv. I'm in the swimming pool. So, okay, like nothing was really... we like embodying
0: ball. the, uh, you know, working hard or hardly working.
1: No, like it sounds
0: like you just let life
1: take you.
2: Like Yeah, yeah. You just yeah. go with the flow. You you remember this old game? Uh, I don't know how you call it in English, that you play with this small ball that is running in the... Yeah, palm. This, yeah, that was my life. Like, okay, I'm throwing that way, that way. And I never thought if I'm standing or falling. It was just rolling coming? from side to side. So now actually, it's time that I have to think about where did I fail or how will I get up. But it's all through this continuous rolling. I don't know.
1: Did it change when you uh, had kids? Did that kind of. Life approach that that oh man I can't just let I can't just go with the flow anymore I need to it, to, to plan ahead. It happened
2: it. on my on my fourth kid we had to move to a bigger car to a seven seat car and I told my ma- my wife I would just I put the kids in the car and I told her Wow babe we have four kids.
1: You have a basketball team. <laughs> and
2: she looked at me and said I'm so happy that you understand that you're a father now. <laughs> Because <laughs> oh,
1: yeah. three kids wasn't enough to understand that. Nah, I,
2: we have five kids, but I, I think it's <laughs> it's uh, maybe because I'm a bit childish. So I, I don't, uh, my kids always telling my wife, that uh, always spoils us. And I never think that I'm spoiling them. I'm just doing things that I like. Like I go to the grocery and I, I just buy a ton of candies and <laughs> snacks. Because I want to eat it. I don't want to give it to them. And they're like, Oh dad, can you give us some printers? Like, no, it's mine. Can you give us some pringes? those you yeah, remember I... me eating those jelly snakes? I was I really fond of those jelly snakes. Like, yeah, like gummy
0: worms and uh
2: gummy yeah, bears and yeah, different Yeah, yeah, yeah and like Dad, can give us some? No, it's mine. You <laughs> go to eat some fruits with your mother. This is my
0: stuff. Yeah, I, I find myself in a very similar place where it's like I'll, I'll go to the store and I buy food that I think is going to be healthy and, and work out for the kids and for us and everybody. And, and my son, I feel like a total failure to as, 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 like, you know, helping him with the whole nutrition part of being. I have a three year old son. So, yeah, all
1: three year olds need to understand full um, nutrition concepts by that age.
0: I try to get him to eat, you know, protein as a growing boy and whatnot. And it's like, Anything that that has, if anything, COVID has turned him into the opposite of what I've, I've tried to have him do. So I, I tried to have him eat a balanced diet, and, and we're home. So I tried to have him eat healthy food that I can make at home, and he has decided that uh, he's only interested in eating chocolate, um, potato chips, and chicken fingers oh, okay. that's it that's all he'll oh, not, and, uh, and pasta and rice
2: okay that's as long as he's not eating them together you're in a good situation oh, like
0: no, a he's... Rice yeah he's he, he but like he's very militant about it so it's like if he wants chocolate he's not having anything you can, else you can't
1: give in with the chocolate but with the the rice uh, look No, he's a terrorist
0: man you, the, you... the problem with him is that he will <laughs> literally have a full-on you can't give in but you dude. There good. comes a point where it's like, it's either that or you're going to be violent. And I can't be violent because then you go to prison. So you just, you're like, <laughs> finally, I look at your wife and she's just like... Dude, just,
1: just, dude, I, can just, tell you, I can tell just you have another, we have right? an 11-year-old and he's a gifted 11-year-old and he understands biology and chemistry at an advanced level. And I always explain to him the fundamentals of nutrition and he five meals out of six refuses to eat protein. And I'm trying to explain to him, you're a growing boy, you exercise, et cetera, et cetera. You need... Protein. I don't want protein because it's not that he's saying I don't want protein, but like literally every food that you could think of that has protein, he just doesn't want it and he won't eat. So he'll eat carbs. And and my wife keeps telling me you got to relax. Like
2: they won't let themselves starve to death,
0: right? But they, but they will subsist on like crap if you let
2: well, them. so, so but, but what what did you did when you were a small kid? Like I don't remember my mom. I was a fuck kid. My- my mom is a Persian mom, so she was running like, with food literally after me, like, eat up, eat up, eat up. Now, it was so funny. Now, I was in my sister's place, and she was there also, and she told me, um, she, t- she sent me to buy pizza for the kids, and I came back with uh, two trays, and she said, and we ate, of course. She said, you became a bit fat. <laughs> you just sent me to bring pizza. Like, what do you want me to say? You lower your belly. I said, okay, pay me. And that was, a but I told you that
1: last time we met, I gave yeah, you a whole was, workout plan and a diet.
2: No, I, I can't. Did he tell no, you I, to join
0: CrossFit? I, I did.
2: The, the problem is I don't believe I'm fat. Like I can, I, my wife, she said, look, man, you're humongous. You became more fat. Like <laughs> I'm prettier than you. I am much more prettier than you. You can't call me fat.
0: You didn't become fat, man. You just you just changed shapes. No, I, I,
2: I am I am a, a how do you call it? Uh, like like liquid like Buddha. Yeah, you like gummy. You're like Buddha. Yeah, I'm I'm like gumi Buddha. Like yeah. like <laughs> jelly bean
0: Buddha. Remember, you remember Gumby? Yeah, of course I remember Gumby. That's that's what I think about when you see the
2: yeah,
1: Gumby. But by the way, you're, you mentioned your wife and, and she's also uh, a, a well-known personality kind of in the Israeli art scene, Tzviya Margaliot, and we hope yeah. to have her uh, on the show soon as well. Um, how's your sister yeah. doing, by the way? She, I think she's listening to the show right now. She's logged on. My
2: sister, yeah, hopefully. Uh, she, my beloved sister, she's my only sister. And uh, <laughs> yeah, she's doing fine. She's
1: doing fine. Amazing. Roy and I, Benny, just so you know, when You guys actually may have met years ago without remembering it. When I made Aliyah in 2005, and we...
2: Your house in Yerushalayim Street? Yeah. yeah,
1: The the crappy old apartment, the first one that we moved into, the one that you lived with us for a couple of months when you were between apartments, Roi was my first Israeli friend that I had met after making Aliyah. I had a bunch of people that I knew before, but he was my first new friend that I met after making Aliyah. I walked into the synagogue, the neighborhood synagogue, and everyone is like a ninety-year-old man, and, and then there's this guy, and so we we immediately started hanging out, and until until he moved uh, to go to Betzalel, Betzalel, right? Until you yeah. Betzalel, we we hung out and we were friends while you were there, and I think there there may have been at least one or two times where. Where the three of us hung out. I'm sure. I mean, how long was it? I don't remember. I don't remember. Well, we were remember only we were there for there. about six months, and I think you lived with us for a couple of months. Right. And and I was good friends with Roy at the time, and so it only makes you, sense.
2: You, you you were my salvation in that time. Like I was nothing to do. <laughs> Me
0: and- too. He was my salvation. He makes it seem like I was his roommate. I lived on your couch.
2: No, you had your own room.
0: We had a spare Did room. I? Yeah, we had a spare room. I don't think that I ever put a sheet in that mattress.
1: That was a disgusting mattress that was there when we moved in.
0: That's, ooh, that explains a lot.
1: <laughs> we, rented, we rented that apartment from the skeeziest guy. Slumlord. He, he wasn't just a slumlord. He was a slumlord that my aunt, I have a very funny aunt, and, and she, she, she's retired now, but she used to work as a waitress at an illegal casino that operates like <laughs> in the middle of the night and that's how she knows this guy and so we made oh, so a
0: legit slumlord
1: a legit slumlord and so we, we make aliyah it was it was january and we were supposed to live in her guest room that was the idea and her son came back from doing um he he was a jewish agency shaliach a jewish agency emissary to uzbekistan and he came back unexpectedly a few months early and um, so we had to go find a place to live. So she found us this apartment nearby owned by this slumlord. But it, even though it was disgusting and filled with cockroaches and we had. It was,
2: great. It was a great apartment. I remember it was a great apartment. Ooh, it was
0: a huge apartment. It was very big. I remember that it had like a window, which was, was like a living room, which was like right on the street. Right like if on the street. You opened up the, the yeah. like it was, to paint the picture for people that are trying to understand. Rishon Nazion is a city that's about 25 minutes south of Tel Aviv. Very, very, very big, busy, you know, city. And this was like in suburb. the center of the center of this city.
1: Old, old you building, can't, it, right it, on a main street.
0: I don't want to say <laughs> suburb because I'll explain. When when Americans hear the word suburb, they think of like a place where you or I grew up. Right. picket, this picket
1: fences and standalone houses. Yeah,
0: this is like this is like a city that's no, close it's, to it's, Tel Aviv, all, but it's, it's not, it's not it's, a suburb. It's a city it's, in its own. What, what's is that like
2: I think it's the fourth or
0: the fifth city in Israel. It is. It's Jerusalem nowadays is the fourth largest city in Israel. Yeah. Uh, no, no, it's huge. It's, it it, it's like two hundred fifty thousand people. Yeah, a little bit more than that actually. But it's at the time this apartment was right on like one of the main yeah. thoroughfares in the middle of the middle of the city. So,
1: and the the living room window was literally on the street. So, so
0: my point is, is that it, the house was so crappy. That so even crappy. though we were on the, the middle of the middle of town, and the window opened up directly to this busy street. You were never robbed. We robbed once. You really were? Yep. I stand corrected. Tell me about your robbery. No, they didn't take much,
1: but we went away to didn't Sinai for a long weekend. And uh, I think they took some jewelry, but, but we came in and there was stuff. All over. They didn't find the laptop, but they found some jewelry.
0: All right. I stand corrected. Yeah. You were robbed. But Maybe we, it was your slumlord.
1: I don't think it was no, <laughs> uh, our neighbors, our elderly Holocaust survivor neighbors. Are you were, accusing them of robbing? You? No, no. They were robbed frequently. That's fucked up. because um, it's like on the street and it's easy to be first floor, easy to break into. That's why it was so cheap. Um, you remember that apartment? <laughs> <laughs> it was a great apartment. A great apartment. So wait, so you you um you grew up in a religious house. You mentioned you had a Persian mom, which explains why you look like one of the ayatollahs from Iran. By the way, we're before we went on the air, we were having a beard contest. Who's got the better beard? So for those who are watching, we have a few people on now and people that I'll watch later, you can vote, you can write us and vote. Who's got the better beard. Do we go for volume and um, and body, or do we go for this kind of
0: you know, shapely? So I'm going to, I'm going to cast my vote. It's difficult for me to, to actually vote because I'm not in the room with you right now, but I would say this, if you're voting on who has the more authentic growth I'm gonna go with Roy. Oh yeah. No if you're gonna go with who's the more manscaped. I'm uh, manscaped. Dan manscapes. You look Roy like like you could take a, a sheep shears that you in order to get any progress when you're trying to trim, you gotta use some heavy duty equipment.
1: <laughs> so we, we both we, we connected instantly. We both have uh, he's got a Persian mom, I've got an Iraqi mom, we both have Ashkenazi fathers. And um and we both connect to even though we had Ashkenazi fathers, we connect to Sephardi synagogues. Do you still go to the Sephardi synagogue?
2: Um, actually, we opened a synagogue a few months ago with some friends. It's it's mixed up. It's like It's, really Israeli. Nice. it's, Israeli. it's, it's Israeli. It's mixed. It's Israeli, and we are like it's more Hasidic, but on the that's we're really practicing. The davening with Baal Shem way call it like that, but everybody's coming there. It's really nice place.
1: You, when 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 I met you, okay, so you grew up in, in a kind of a datile mi, a modern Orthodox type household. And then I met you, you had just come back from the kibbutz, like you said, which is a very secular kibbutz. And you yeah. were in the army and you traveled a little bit around the world and then you, you started becoming religious again. Yeah. So what, what's the story? Like, how did you start becoming religious again? And how did you go in this, I don't know, we'll call it kind of Hasidic type direction? What, what is that?
2: Okay, so it's, I don't know where to start because it's a really long story. It starts with my father, actually, for my grandfather, actually, because and I can talk, talk all night about that. We got time, bro. We got all the time. Yeah, no problem. But and by my, the way, you've
1: got, you've got a fascinating family history. And, yeah. and, and we'd love to hear a little bit about, about your grandfather and some of, you know, the founding of the country, really.
2: Yeah, really. Uh, the grandfather of my grandfather came to Israel. He was uh, uh, he was a Hasid. He was a good friend of Reb Tzadok from Lublin. And when Reb Tzadok uh, passed away, he came to Israel, came in settled in Jerusalem. And his son was also a Hasid. And when my grandfather grew, then uh, he, he born in uh, nineteen twenty-two in Jerusalem, and uh, around the time of the I don't know it, uh, the machtarot. How do you say machtarot in English? The
1: underground. Right, the rebellion kind of against the British. <laughs> what you're talking about, yeah.
2: So, so most of, uh, all of the boys from the family went to those uh, underground uh, rebellion da against the Brits, and the we talking about in the
1: period. For those who aren't aware, the the British controlled what was then called British Mandate Palestine, the precursor to Israel, from
2: 1917
1: to 1948. Just so you're aware.
2: Yeah, so and, and the girls, they're still really, really uh, uh, Hasidic and really, really Haredi. Uh, so my father grew up in a house with a lot of Yiddishkeit, but they were really, really uh, like uh, Datilumi. So, you really, know, like modern Orthodox type, right? Uh, or the Israeli version of it. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I don't know how to, how to, um, uh, um Thought of think about it in, in, in the American way because I don't know if there is the Tilumi more than Orthodox, maybe okay. Let's go, similar, similar enough. Okay, and uh, but my father he passed away when I was six. Actually, on this Shabbat, it will be 33 years.
1: Wow, wow, uh,
2: since he passed away. And uh, my mother she, she really uh, took care of us, and she was how do you say Levi in English, she was like a lioness. Was like a linus, yeah, really. She was like a father and a mother to us together, with all of the love and the care. But I guess when it, you are know, a little kid and no, there is no one to um, to put the right way for your education, um, for the connection with God. If it's only tradition, but nothing that can. Uh, uh, open your heart for your way, so a lot of stuff going uh, just gone away on the way I don't know how to say no, it. No, uh, you're saying basically
1: no. she was so busy providing uh, you know, being a single it's, mother that, you know
2: I, I don't know if that's about that, I just say it's really easy to get lost if you don't have a right way and someone to guide you with the right answers or the right questions mm. in your personal quest. And as a kid, um, it's really hard to stay focused in something that is uh, spiritual in a world that is not spiritual. Like the world is not spiritual. And we grew up in Rishon and traditional Rishon was really is very,
1: not a very religious city.
2: No, and, and you know tradition is tradition yeah you do a lot of stuff but it's like ceremonial you don't really connect to it and easily when you're 13 14 and there is really nothing to hold on except respect for the family and maybe that's it basically but friends are much stronger than family as I believe in those ages Sure, I'm really afraid for my kids you know they're like my oldest daughter she's nine and I'm thinking what what will happen when she becomes 14 but uh, yeah so I just you know I never thought about there is no God there is God just like I said before like this pong game just rolled over until I became non-religious but there was nothing that made me non-religious on purpose and uh, I guess when you're old enough, there's a lot of lies that you can tell to yourself to justify the way you live. And uh, I call it lies now, yes, but back then it was like the real truth. I, I remember I had a non-Jewish girlfriend and I it was I told my mom, but I love her. There is love. There. Okay, it's... Anyway... Um, you know, it's funny, that,
1: we're, we're in this place now, uh, my oldest is 11, um, going on 12, and we had to make the decision, you know, you're talking about showing your kids the way, and, and at what age, and that's the crucial age of their their development, and when they develop identities, and start to have religious understandings.
2: And, we can get married in his bar
1: mitzvah. <laughs> and we, we had to have, for yeah, bar mitzvah in a year, I mean, we had to make a choice of what school he's going to go to next year. So, you know, when so you, you flip a coin, well, well, no, because it, it, it's, you know, when I grew up in America, you go to the local public school, that's what there is. And cause you know, even though there was a Jewish school, I didn't really, we didn't have an interest in going there. And you also probably didn't have the money to go there. Didn't have the money to go there. And, and a lot of, some of my friends went to like the kind of rich private school and I went to, I had a very good public school and I was very, you know, glad to have gone there and i got a great education here first so first of all here you have the choice between uh what's called a a a regular public school or what what we would translate to our american friends as a secular public school or a religious public school of course also private schools we put our kids in the religious public school for elementary um and it's you know there's two schools here but when you get to high school you have to make a choice where where are you going to send them so, of course, there's the secular public high school, which is a very good school here. There's and Then there's two yeshivot, private yeshivot, that a lot of our friends send their kids to. And then there's a public religious high school that until a few years ago, nobody sent their kids to. And now there's a mixed pluralistic secular religious co-ed school in the next town over that a lot of our friends are starting to go to as well. And we, we had to make a choice because this is a choice that could affect the religious identity of our kids going forward. Um, as it turned out, we ended up going, uh, we're, we're going to see how it goes next year, but we signed him up for the public religious school because A, a lot of his friends are going there, and B, apparently they have new management uh, who's doing some amazing visionary things regarding education outside of the classroom and kind of a holistic approach. Um, they have a new gifted and talented program for sciences and maths and all this, but I um, it was a big decision that we finally got to this point and we couldn't just, we couldn't just go with the flow. You know, we couldn't yeah, just be the but we had to make to me, a choice.
2: I have four daughters and one son and he's named after my father. Mm. And it's like, you know, my, he's the only male family partner that I have since I am, I was six. So like only Persian women around <laughs> until uh, my uh, son arrived And I remember I sat with his principal before we sent him. And I told him, please, I ask only for one thing. Don't interrupt my education. Hmm. And he was a bit insulted. And I said, listen, I'm telling you the truth. I'm really afraid. I'm sending him some, I don't know who you are. I don't know what you think about life. I don't know who his friends will be in his class. And I can't tell you, I'm trusting like, I can't trust you. I don't know you. And I don't know the system. But please don't interrupt what I'm doing. No, like uh, uh, when uh, the Lord told uh, Adam Arishon, we told him, this is my world. Just don't. Don't mess it up. Yeah, um, before I use bad language. <laughs> don't mess it up. And uh, it's, it's an amazing thing. To think. I'm not asking for anything. Just don't mess it up.
1: What, what is your approach what is your the way how are you approaching uh teaching your son or your kids
2: some wise guy told me before a few years ago he told me that kids don't learn from you they learn they're learning you right hmm. you can tell them whatever you like but they see what you do like you know me i think. I'm not really, uh, you can see at the back, I'm not really organized.
0: <laughs> and
2: every time
0: I'm... What are you talking about, man? <laughs> we didn't We didn't notice at all.
2: Yeah. <laughs> uh, fine. And, fine. and uh, I told, uh, like, I can't really tell my kid with a full heart, arrange your room, clean your room. Mm. Because it's not fair. He's looking at me and my studio is not organized nothing is clean here and so how why would he clean his room because i said so okay that's that's ababa i'm his father but you see that like elderly people live and their house is not so clean so why should he clean same thing about religion same thing about education like i can tell him uh, he, he's he's really funny and he's really smart and he's 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 in the second grade and he's not going into into the lessons and they're calling us from school and uh, they're telling us that he didn't go into the lessons. So my uh, he told my wife, "I'm not not going into the lessons. I'm just standing on the on my break." <laughs> and it's amazing. It's amazing. And you know, I, and I can't tell him you're doing wrong because. You know, but I'm telling him you're doing wrong because I supposed to, but I don't
0: believe in it. So right, you have to you have to walk the walk and and, and not just talk talking. And it's so true though that what you said, like we are responsible for crafting these people's lives, and they look at us as to how to, especially when you're talking about sons, uh, daughters too, of course. But you know, we're talking about yeah, yeah. sons here. You know, you no, know, uh, there's
2: something amazing that they, they learn to be
0: uh, men from uh, us. Yeah,
2: yep, yeah, ari. Uh, 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 how you say I don't know if said it in English, but he's... The one of a famous... Uh, um, Kabbalistic... 15th,
1: a, 16th century rabbi, Kabbalistic rabbi.
2: So he's saying something amazing. He said that uh, we, our ego is telling us that the kids are us, but they're not us. They are free spirits. Hmm. They're, we're just giving... They're given us to us as a present, or I don't know what. And we have to give them the tools... To reveal themselves, but sometimes our ego, telling us, "No, it's mine." So I will teach him how to da da da. But it's not true. It's the opposite way. He's free enough to teach him how to grow his wings, and it's really hard. Uh, the, the way, like, the perspective about education is becoming like it's upside down. It's just, you don't look at what you think is true. It's, it's a bit postmodernistic. Yeah, it's what good for him relatively, but it's not relatively if you have faith, because you're just trying to find his language with faith. Yeah, there's something amazing. Rabbi Nachman is writing in Sikhot Aran. In the first uh, phrase, in the first uh, page, I think even he said that no one can tell you what is your connection with Hashem? And not even you can tell yourself what is your connection with Hashem between day one and day two. Because when you go to sleep, you wake up a new man. So to give this to a child, and it's, a, it's fun because I'm teaching, I'm teaching in, in high school and in a, in, in a college. And we, when you're teaching art, you're always talking about this thing about creativity. It's almost a creative man is, and when you try to create, you are, da, da, da. But people are always forgetting that they are a creative only if they're making themselves new again. They have to make themselves new again. And if you're trying to walk on a, on a regular path, let's, uh, on a routine, you really can't create. And it's the same thing about education. I think that's why education and art are going together really good because you can't create for real, I think, if you don't believe in your individual way to uh, to grow. If I, I don't know if I explain Where do you, myself. Let
0: me ask you this. Maybe we're getting off topic, but going into something as well. Where do you think that creativity comes from?
2: Not from us. Hmm. Not from us. Meeting. I think the human being is very limited. Let's say I'm like a sponge and I'm 39-year-old sponge, almost. And I uh, observe and I collect stuff. And all of those stuff are in my mind or in my heart, whatever you like, uh, and it's not really nothing is uh, nothing is uh, making me. Uh, nothing is guaranteed that this thing will uh, collaborate in my mind or in my heart to do something, and I'm very limited in those connections because I'm just a human being yeah I'm very limited if I'm looking at myself as a separate uh, organism in in this life but the second I am evacuating myself for myself and I am letting let's say again I'm using a like a language of faith and, and religious inside. This uh, question that you asked me, but the the second you evacuate yourself from yourself and you're letting this uh, infinite energy to make these things connected, then you can then something is created, but you can't really create something. It's like but my French, it's the difference between masturbating and making love for making kids.
0: It's you no, know, sorry. That's yeah, okay. <laughs> well I was gonna say I've had some pretty prolific uh, no. And anyway, I, I think no you look, it's it's one of those things, right? Because you're talking about creativity in, in, in your art form. And creativity manifests itself in everything. It could be art. It could be a, a, a writer's ability to write a book. It could be a photographer's ability to capture a subject. It could be a businessman's ability to write a very good uh, a plan for you know, going into new market or whatever it is. And I think that there yeah. does come a point where you have to kind of submit to whatever idea you, you might have. And eventually you have to commit to, to it and, and start to go with it. But, you know, you said something interesting, which is like, you have to let it take over you almost. That it's not, it's you, not. You have, you, you have to
1: put down your boundaries. You have to put down your walls. Right? Well, well
2: uh, I think it's like holding the uh, the stick in both sides, because of course that you were giving, let's say, uh, a, a box with all of those uh, stuff that you can walk with with them, yeah, and you have to know when to take out the hammer and when to take out the screwdriver and you can't do the same work with the same tool. If there's a different thing, but you can just hold it up and then it will start working from itself. There's a nice nice saying that I heard from a smart man once and he said, how much does a man have to invest in something that it, it will make it happen and he said as long as you're not sure that it will work <laughs> cuz the the second you think okay i will do that and it will 100% will work then you're not creative you're not creative anymore you're not a vessel for creativity to happen
0: Could, can anybody you- be creative what C- can anybody be successful at being creative or are there some people of whom
2: everybody is creative by definition they cannot be creative
0: I, I think that's what makes us human yeah but like I, I can't do what what you I can't uh, no but there are things you that you,
2: you, you, you just you you have a podcast you have an amazing so maybe if, I,
0: if I can define what you're saying Not everybody can do what everybody else can do It's not like tomorrow I can be a great visual communicator And do what you do Or I can write a book and be like what you do And and maybe you can't do what I do And But, but we all have our passions And we're all letting in whatever this energy is In order to uh, allow us to be good At whatever we're able to do
2: But of course You don't need two things To do the same thing In life You know there's something amazing that I've heard about uh, how do you say keen eye in English? Jealousy, jealousy, jealousy. How, about jealousy. Why do people jealous? What do you think? Why do people jealous? I'm asking you now.
1: I think people are jealous because they see something that they wish they had, and that right they, they wish they had. It's not just something you wish you had because. You know, it's more than that, because, you know, I can see
0: they feel their own inadequacy.
1: You, you feel your own inadequacy. Exactly. Like you feel like, oh, man, it, maybe if I would have tried harder, that would have been mine. Right. And I wish I would have had that
0: or you done know? that or felt that or you been know, like, there or had that. experience. Like I, see, I
1: see a billionaire. OK, like a billionaire, like real billionaires. And I don't feel jealous. Like it'd be cool. But like it, it's not something that I feel like. If I would have worked harder I could be a billionaire. Like I don't think I could be a billionaire.
0: No, that's a, that's a that's a scaled sum of 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 money that You know.
1: I am not jealous by yeah. by artists uh like Roy because and I I don't think I could do it. I, you know, I can't draw worth. Well you're also money. not interested in it. I'm not interested in drawing. I love I'm looking at art but I'm not interested in drawing. So I think I think it's maybe maybe when you see your own inadequacy I think it's a good way to put it.
2: Listen up. That's an amazing thing I've heard. From a
1: wise man. <laughs> By the way, I have to ask, is this all the same wise man or are these different wise men or women?
2: You have to come to my house uh, sometime and we talk about it personally. But uh, anyway. It's all things from his wife. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm not denying anything, yeah? But um, it's, a, it's a, some, again, in the in the perspective of faith, yeah? There is not a chance that the Lord want two same ways to reveal himself. But sometimes someone sees someone and he said, maybe he got my part. Maybe he's the same part as me in, the, in this puzzle. There is a puzzle and maybe we are sitting on the same part. So maybe my part is extra and they don't need me in the puzzle. Wow. that when jealousy is coming in said it's about life it's a, if i am not needed to reveal something bigger because someone else is revealing what i want to reveal or i need to reveal so i i there is no reason for me to be exist wow that's jealousy it's amazing right it's a huge thought it's a huge thought still trying to and th- then
1: what? he's he's saying all I'm I'm gonna translate uh, <laughs> No, if I understand That's correctly you no, no, your English is fine. It's a complex thought. Um if I understand it's, yeah,
0: it's not, it's not, it's not you guys, I'm just dumb. <laughs> no no it's, no, a, no, no, it's for a, real for real. I it's, I'm, it's really I'm, I'm,
1: <laughs> if I understand correctly he's saying he's saying God God gives everyone and this is this sounds like a very Hasidic type uh, thought. God gives everyone a role. You, you have your, your individual role, you, Benny Shoulder, have a role of uncovering something in this world, of discovering, of creating something. You, you were pretty for a reason. okay Each of us were pretty for, for a specific reason. You're saying jealousy comes around when you think you see someone else having discovered or uncovered what you think you should have done, and then you feel like you don't have a place in this world anymore, that you're completely meaningless and useless now. Because you think you saw like if if I if if you were if someone started a podcast like Juonst and and you saw it before before you got to launch Juonst mm-hmm. and you said I was going to do that like that's my that was what I was going to do in this world now
0: wh- what's my point? That's so what I felt about when Facebook came out. <laughs>
2: You know know how many times it's happening when you're trying to make art and you try, you're inside of like a creativity session and then you're working on something a month, two months and then just, you know, just looking on Instagram or something and you see someone did the same thing you thought about. Wow. And you can even, I can tell myself, he did that because I thought about that.
0: (laughs) You could be flattered by that though too. first, it was my thought. You could be you could say, you could be flattered about it though in a way. You could say, uh, Yeah, of you know, course. That I must have had a terrific idea of somebody else that if especially if it's someone you admire. That's yeah, how I yeah, will awesome. give you I'll give you an example of how and it's a slightly different context and and maybe it's not exactly the same, but um boy, my my, my what I do, uh I was I was a content manager for a, a big tourism company here in Israel. So I wrote the itineraries that would be sold to the clients. Um, and uh, in, in so doing, everything you do when you're writing a, a plan, you know, you're going to visit, uh, you know, go up Masada, then you're going to go to the Dead Sea, and then you're going to go afterwards to En Gedi, and then you're going to drive back to Yerushalayim, and then you're going to go to dinner at, um, I don't know, and then you're going to go, then you're going to go back to the hotel. So for each one of those things, there's like, you have to write a blurb. Because you can't just put on the page, go to the Dead Sea, because the people have never been there. They have no context of what that is. You have to explain on a, on a piece of paper in a language that's crafted to market it to a certain people what it is. So you'll write these itineraries, which are like 14 days long. Then you'll send it to a client with, together with a proposal. And then uh, you know maybe they'll come back to you and, and, and they'll accept it and you'll do business, or maybe they won't. So sometimes I would find my programs uh, sent to me by people that I know in the industry that were sent to them by other agencies. So I would receive something from a competitor and I would look at it and it would be verbatim what I wrote. And I would say to myself, this is great because what this means is, is that the client received this proposal. He sent it to another company to try to, uh, you know, see what their counter offer would be. And then six months later, I'll see it again. That they take taken my program and now they're trying to sell it. You
1: know, uh, what's that saying? Uh, flattery is the best, or mimicry right. is the best form of so flattery. So people
0: and people in my office would come to me and they would say, you know, hey, look, we found this on the website of you know so and so tours. Uh, you should really give them a call. It's not okay. I was like, I would just laugh at it. I'd be like, you know, it really doesn't bother me that much. I, I have in in like I, I'm I'm happy that they they found it. Something that they could sell. It means that I'm doing a good job. I have in my field, uh, and we kind of had this last week with
1: Daniel Gordis, and I have it with, you know, foreign policy writers all the time where I read things. And I said, oh, my God, that's kind of like the idea that I've had stewing in my head. And I wish I would have gotten it on paper. And I just didn't. And they did. And and yeah, you're right. I, like I feel jealous about it. Like,
0: but let's not be stupid. Sometimes you have a really good idea, and you should get that stuff on paper right away because it could be worth yeah. it. Yeah. Not, oh, and,
2: and it doesn't to,
1: work
0: that way. You can't be lazy.
2: That, that's when uh, laziness ki- coming yeah, kicking in. Yeah. Second, well, life. not just laziness. Life. Kids. You can call it life, but let's say how many times you said, "Okay, this is life," but I have this thing to finish and I have to do it. Life is easy to blame. Like I see it on my on my life, I like blame life all the time. But I, I'm 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 writing a, a a book, and it's it's between it's on the border between children and adults, and I've made all of the sketches. For
1: immature adults. And children. Well, what are you writing about?
2: Actually, I can tell I can tell you the plot. It's it's about a kid that lives in some deserted place in the desert and is waking up in the morning. Everybody's sick. And you don't know what to do. COVID?
0: Yeah. COVID. <laughs> you get the vaccine, man.
2: It's... it's a flu, it's a flu. Stop it. It's a flu. The
0: kung <laughs> flu. <laughs>
2: and is like climbing on the roof at the end of the day and is trying to understand what is happening and a crow is coming and telling him, you have to bring a, a spring of water into your village he said how am I going to bring a spring of water into my village but he's going to look for a spring and he can't find any and he's going after the sun but Nothing happened, and he's go after footprints that he found on the snow and on the desert. And he don't find nothing, and he came back to his uh, village, and he's sitting on the ground, starting to cry, and is he can't stop crying, and his tears become like a lake. Yeah. And those tears go into the houses, and people are drinking from his tears, and everybody uh, healing up. How do you turn
1: that? It's a a beautiful idea. How do you turn that into a book?
2: Uh, I can show you later on, but uh, what I'm trying to say that I did like all of the sketches and all of the layout and I'm stuck on the fourth page for two months. My first shop is open and my Wacom is ready. And every time I said, okay, today i have like four hours off i can do whatever i like okay let's go finish this book and i'm sitting and i'm saying but i have to check my facebook before
1: Mm. you don't have the meetings you don't you don't have like the i get this all the time i try to write um i try to write and i try to you know writing is um I try to. Write, my thing is, I like to write articles that introduce new ideas or new ways to understand things. Um, because I'm because I'm not a journalist, I can't write every day, so I don't get to report just on what happened. I can't just write every day, and and, and I can't beat those kind of people who are journalists. That's literally just all what they do all day. So if I'm going to publish something, it's got to be a new idea or a new way to look at the world or a new way to understand an event. And you know, a big some of parts of my jobs my various jobs include writing and creativity. And my wife never understands this. Like why I get stuck looking at Facebook at three in the morning <laughs> because I, I just have a creative block and I just don't know what I want to do on page four or, or whatever it is. Um, you know, I've, I, tell me this. I'm, I'm curious because you, you, you teach art for a living, right. And you do consulting projects. You do different artwork projects. You do really cool projects. I don't know if you you've saw this on his website.
0: And we're gonna uh, we're gonna get into some stuff. We're gonna second. get to that soon.
1: But he does restaurants and kind of shops, and he does like their wall art, and it's it's amazing stuff. But something that I've had a challenge with is, you know, I have um, a book idea, a couple book ideas, but I, ha- I have a book idea, something that I want to write, and I'm always stuck in this tension, where if I write a book, I'm not gonna see the the income from it like another year after. I have to like work really, really hard for like a year. And then maybe, maybe if it's successful, I'll see income from it. And then like, you try to justify that, but like, no, but I need to support my family now. And so I'm always kind of in this like tension between, you know, wanting to be in this creative world. For me, it's, it's, it's a book I want to write or long articles I want to write or whatever. For you, it's, it's a book or it's your artwork. How do you live in this kind of tension between long projects now that you might, that might help you support your family later and develop you personally, which is more meaningful, versus, no, I need to support my family now.
2: I try not to think about it. Mm. Really, like, um, let's say it's really easy to to think about success with uh, financial uh, benefits. I succeed because I made that and that amount of money and I could provide my family. But we know so many people from the uh, close past and really far past of us, especially, I don't know, the Gmara people always re- like writing about how poor they were and stuff, but they discovered amazing stuff and not only then, even now, you know, a lot of people don't make money and can't really provide their family, but they are really discovering stuff that can change the world. Yeah. So, So I think that, let me tell a story. There's a story about Abnachman that said that there was a poor guy that came into a, a village, and there were two really rich guys on those on this village. They lived one in front of the other. One was very generous; the other one was a really, really cheap bastard. And uh, and he accidentally got into this cheap bastard house, and. Uh, and he asked for something to drink. He said, I haven't drank for the whole day and I haven't ate for three days. Maybe you can provide me something for a living. He said, yeah, no problem. And he gave him an axe. He said, just do me a favor, help me in the backyard. I have to chop some trees and I will bring you food in a second. And he walked like for an hour. After an hour, when he got all dizzy, he said, I came here for, to eat something, to drink. Where did this dude went? And he went to his mansion and looked for him. And he found him after a few minutes. And he said, you, I came here to drink. He so, oh, yeah, you're here. Wow. He opened the door and, and pointed on the other guy's rich house. On the other side of the road said, go there. Tell them I sent you. <laughs> okay. He went there. He knocked on the door. And they opened him and uh, gave him a seat and gave him a bowl of soup. They're, go wash your hands. There's bread. And he ate, and he moaned every time he ate, took a bite of the bread, and the owner of the house, this rich guy, looked at from the side, said, "What is the problem with this guy man?" and he reached he said, "How are you are you okay?" he said, "Yeah, my Hashem, everything is great Thank you I said are you okay the food is the food is great. I haven't ate this thing for so many times so many." how days, he said, okay, and uh, so why are you mourning so much? He said, I walked so hard for this food. He said, where did you walk? said, there, this house, on the other side of the road. He said, man, you're eating for free and you were walked for free. And that's how Rabbi Nachman ends this story. So, I think there is so much money in this world it can come to us but why we have to connect it with what we do I don't know but again it's it's a lot of religious talking like faith talking I, I don't really know but this is how I I don't even try to live like that maybe it's an excuse for me being lazy <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, it's a chicken and egg thing for sure It's it's you know we Social animals, we are. We are creatures that are. We live in the frameworks that we live in. So you, you know, we, we all see our respective worlds within the world view of which we live. So if you're a religious person and you have a certain lifestyle, you'll find a way to. This is what I believe. You'll you'll find a way to uh, feel okay with your lifestyle based on the context of which you live in. If 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 you were and you're not, but if you were a religious Muslim. You would feel a certain way about being rich or poor. If you were a again, Jew, you would feel a, a different way, or maybe it would be similar. If you were a secular oh, atheist, you might feel. Yeah, there are religious so, you, know, the, Jews you live in the context of, of what you live in. So for you, well, you uh, found a, you found a way to be happy with with what you have, and I don't think that it matters what belief or context no, I, you are. I don't think that's what I he's think, saying. No, I, I know that that's not what he's saying. But that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I think that for for me. Um, more than anything else, and I think we can all agree on this, the currency that you'll be looking back on when you're an old man is not how much money did I make, it's how happy was
2: I? Yeah.
0: Do I feel satisfied? A,
2: a, a, lot, a, lot, of people, a lot of people will say when, he, when they became old, how many money did I make? And this is how they will... Uh, tell themselves if they were happy or not. I, this is, I, yeah. I think a lot of the Western world is working like that. Everything is trying to uh, like, you're making tra- transformation for how much money you make out of it. Yeah. If I, if I will ask you, are you happy? And or if you will ask me if I'm happy, um, I think, I hope both of us will say that, yeah, you know life is great but how much money do you make is it the same thing as your happiness of course not no but it
1: helps you you know there's a joke there's a comedian i like and he tells a joke on stage um, that you know people say money can't buy happiness you're right it can't but money can buy jet skis have you ever seen a person frown on a jet ski right you can't you can you literally you can't frown it's on a jet ski <laughs> look it, it helps you money helps you live but my,
2: my, and i'm not talking about grandmother, my Ashkenazi grandmother once told me money is crap but if you don't have money you're crap also yeah you yeah. know yeah. I mean, like it has, said, the,
0: it has the it has the peculiar property of both being not real and very real both at the same time i i that it's a complete and total human construct it's something that we've created there's no other creature in the world that no. has currency you know money is as currency as a, as a placeholder for for you know possessions the, no i was i was going to say it's a it's a measure of human labor of of what you're the worth of and, your and labor you know,
1: think about what money does okay because if you if you you like to talk about our monkey ancestors and all that okay even even cavemen okay they literally live from day to day like you, you, your your entire life was find shelter protect yourself from then eat Protect yourself and find food literally every day. At but most, you might find food for the next day. The The transformation when we went from being monkeys with tools to societies was when we started being able to grow food, grow our own food and
2: plan ahead so that you're not worried about tomorrow. But okay? this COVID thing, as we spoke before, this COVID thing make you go back to your cave because you can say, okay, there's gonna be quarantine like on Friday. I have to go buy the whole supermarket. Okay, but Put you it don't. In the fridge. But you don't. What? You don't
0: because the supermarket's open during the quarantine. Because
2: the supermarket's
1: open. God and thank you. Yeah, but, but but what
2: I'm trying to say is like it's you really are this time is trying to break this idea of depending on system that you know before. Mm. It, I that I feel like it's bringing back you can go to the the supermarket but it's bringing back faith to life because you can't really know what will happen tomorrow. It's very uncertain. What?
0: It's very uncertain.
2: Yeah. And it's great. It's disaster, yes, but it's great to be uncertain because real life is uncertain. This is real life. Like You can't really know that you will have another breath to take just take it okay if you maybe if you try to meditate or to clear your mind and stuff like that it's so nice to feel that you are really dependent on your next breathing you can't know if it will come that's true it's like we don't
0: know sorry to cut you off but it's, it's like we don't know how much time we have left on this earth either and 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 you, you know you try not to think about that because it can get you to this is very you know strange and in and, and dark places if you try to dwell in it but the reality is like you're saying you don't know that you have any more breaths to breathe and you just have to take the breath it, yeah. it, it's you know call it faith you can call it uh uh
1: well, what do you call it? You I mean, you're, you're, it. you're not a religious guy He's very religious, I'm, I'm a kind of religious guy You're not a religious guy Well, you guy. have
0: to breathe, I mean, it's a physical
1: No, thing. no, but like, how, how do you deal with that? Like, how do you deal with, with What do you have faith in? Or do you have faith? Or do you just try not to think well, about let's
0: it? let's define faith
1: How would you define it, Louis?
2: Maybe we can toast
1: before We, we have to fill up if we're going to toast before
2: I feed up like six or seven times. If yeah, I, just, see so that, I
0: saw that.
2: Man, I want to be.
1: This I'm going to go grab
0: a bottle. Of you beer. go do that. I'm going to I'm going to keep talking here to to.
2: <laughs> understand what faith is to, to define faith. I I don't really know how to explain it. I, I think it's. It's to let go. But. Won't be afraid because I know that I will want I won't fall. Like no matter what, I know that I will not really fall. Because there is something that will hold me up. Right. And I I I it's it's nothing that you can explain with your mind because you know Rabbi Nachman is saying something will like as he said, throw your mind away. And it sounds very, very uh you know, like uh, low talk. How can you throw your mind away? But what is really trying to say is that your mind is very limited. As a human being, you know, we know that we don't use our mind almost at all. So throw it away because you can't put all your faith in this mind because you know it's very limited. The second you throw it away and you said, I am limited, so you're Something else is coming up. Something else. What are you drinking?
1: This is uh, Bullet Rye Whiskey. One of my favorites.
2: Can, can I make this uh, uh, advertisement for a friend of mine?
1: Yala, Oh, yeah. And, and you know what? You got to get Listen him on the show too. Go for it. Go. I
2: have a good friend. A good friend. His name is Nitai Morgenstern. He has a distillery, Israeli whiskey. It's called the Rushalmi. I think it's one of the best whiskeys I ever had.
1: Can you? Can we get him to host us in the distillery?
2: Yeah, And oh, do a please. tasting. Amazing. For oh, sure.
1: Let's do it. We're doing it. He,
2: he, 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 an amazing whiskey. Cheers.
1: This is rye whiskey with a slice of orange in it.
2: My arak bottle is almost empty. That's why they have more. He did. With he did. Bottles.
1: He did the artwork for uh, the distillery. That's awesome. And uh
0: did he did you let him pay uh, you the whiskey? no,
2: I didn't make that artwork, oh, artwork for him. I thought no, you no no, someone else. Someone else. I, I started to do something else
0: for him. Okay, okay. So to jump back into what we were saying, when you were out of the room, what you said that faith for him is like knowing that you can fall and something is going to catch you. I'm simplifying. He said a lot more, but that you can fall and that's going to be something there to catch you. And we didn't yeah. get into you know, is there a God? Is there not a God? What's the force of the, what's the life force of the universe, the origin of everything in the nature of reality, but just the concept that you yourself, things are going to be okay. doesn't matter. The times are uncertain. Letting go of the need to be in control maybe is a part of that for you. Um, and I would say for me, it's the same. And and I think that, that first off, I want to just clarify maybe, maybe to you, uh, I'm not an atheist. I'm, I'm, oh, not? I'm relatively agnostic. Okay. Okay. So, for me, I don't I don't say that there is or isn't. It's just, I like, you know, leave it open. I leave it open, and I try to define. Like, I I like to have, you know, the nature of reality dictates to me what is reality, and I don't I don't claim to know at all what the nature of reality is. But I, you know, I definitely harbor some beliefs that you know, if you're a religious studies or philosopher, would say those are religious beliefs and, and, uh, and some people that are very religious would, you know, in in traditional ways would look at some of my beliefs and say, yeah, I don't have I don't have room for that. And what I, what I, so I'll, I'll get into it for a second.
2: I I, I think, I think religion became so narrow about uh, nature and connection with God. So it's really, uh, it's, it's becoming more and more individual, because it can't be any other way. So a story about my father, may rest in peace. When he was with my uncle, when he went to the doctor and the doctor told him that, he said, you have a family? He said, yeah, I have two kids. And my wife said, okay, go say goodbye because you have not so much time to live. And he was really, really uh, like, uh, didn't talk really nice. And my uncle was really upset. And they went outside and he asked my dad, he said, what do you think about what he said? And my dad looked at him and said, I don't know. He's not God. He's, he's a man. He's a human being like me. How can he know? Maybe it's the definition, Maybe like between the lines, the lines, maybe I can read the definition about faith. It's like, I can't understand what is happening. Something is happening, but how can I know? How can anybody know? Like, you know what, what maybe did, it's, what did what did he die of he died of cancer and it, actually it's funny because like when he got out of this doctor he had the cancer but he 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 became uh, okay after two and a half years he got another cancer <laughs> maybe it's like the same one but uh, yeah but he was, he was really young he was 30 Wow. Um. Yeah, it's really uh, wow. weird that I'm older, older than him then. right now. But uh, yeah, he was.
0: Uh, you're in uncharted goodbye. waters. <laughs> yeah. What? you were I said you're in uncharted waters. You don't have a. That's you, what he said. He grew up. He, no, didn't, uh, yeah, he but, Never had that male role model. No, maybe. but what I'm saying, when you when you're older yeah. than your dad was when your yeah. dad passed away, you're literally you don't have the example of.
2: No, no, I really don't. I didn't at all i'm like i'm looking at my kids and i'm overwhelmed because they have a father they're having a father right now and it's really it amazed me yeah. like i can give my kids stuff i don't know but there's some stuff let's say after i become secular and become religious again so I, I found i found my own path but there's a lot of stuff that i took from my dad like a lot of let's say the Mikve, he took me once. I remember it. I was around five, maybe. And uh, he told me, let's go to the mic. It was Friday. And uh, I said, okay, but don't put my head into the water. I don't want to die. He said, okay, no problem. And then he just dropped you in. <laughs> drowned <laughs> me. <laughs> and I think one of the very first thing I, I, I started to practice after... I Became religious again, it's going to the mikveh. Hmm. It was really, really uh clear to me that this is what religious men do. Why well, like
1: well, why you know most religious men I know don't go to the mikveh. How did you start doing it? Why do you do so
2: it? So I said I I, th- I I think it's about like I remember my dad doing it, so it was really early aged.
1: So it's more of a way to connect with the memory of your father than with we... no,
2: no. As long as, after you learn a lot about this, it's it's different. Mikway, it's amazing because you just you. It's like rebirthing. Have you ever tried rebirthing with breathing? You know this uh, method. Do you, mm-hmm. Benny?
1: Rebreathing, no rebirthing. rebirthing,
2: rebirthing. When you, it's it's like a, um, it's like practicing breathing. And you get it's better than drugs. Uh, anyway, the, the idea of MIG was like to go home and do that. <laughs>
0: Not drugs. <laughs> rebirthing. No, the rebirth. Oh, okay.
2: Just a YouTuber, re- and you see this, this Indian guy. Tra- Hello, my name is Rajit. I'm going to tell you how to rebirth. Rajit.
1: Rajit, from that. <laughs> really YouTube. YouTube. Or something like that we're going to look up Rajib after this.
2: <laughs> you a, have to try it.
1: Try the Yeah, <laughs> It's going to be a video of you. <laughs> wow. Really nice. Do you um do you know people I mean you so you're kind of in these like neo-hasidic type circles right now? How did you get to that?
2: I think to call it neo-hasidic it's uh, I'm calling it, it that. No, I'm saying it's I I don't think it's the right uh, d- description because I think it's to be really... I- I'm not like that. I hope that I will be. But uh, it's connecting with your individuality. I don't know if it's Hasidic. You know, it's... Hasidic... Hasidic they're writing about it, but... I, I heard once a wise man that says that uh, this wise guy, he said he said that all of these Hasidic books that was written, it uh, was um, not really uh, how do you call it? How do you say
0: it? Unsuccessful.
2: Yeah. Unsuccessful uh, diaries of people that achieved really, really high uh, places of uh, recognition recognition that they can 't explain it by through writing you can 't really explain that makes sense to other people what you experience when you're uh, out of experience like i don't know to um... uh, it makes sense no, it makes
0: subtle sense
1: it's like it's like uh it's there. like when a really successful businessman writes a book on how to become a really successful businessman it 's like no, you you are a talent, or you had a breakthrough, and now you're trying to recreate. Um, you know, I, I I'll, I'll take you back to my university studies. Well, uh, the art of the deal. The art of the deal. Uh, in, in in my masters, I I studied a lot of military history and strategy, and it was always I noticed, at least in modern times, it was the the famous writers are those who are going to the successful generals who, with strokes of genius, were able to win battles. And then trying to describe what it is they did. Okay. But learning these books doesn't mean you're going to be able to recreate that battle on the battlefield. It's it's a talent thing or it's a stroke of genius thing. So it's like what you're saying is like this person was able to reach a higher plane of consciousness. Now he's trying to write a guidebook of, for you, how to do it. Right.
2: Not only that, you can go to this place also, but nothing is saying that his way is your way Hmm. because of this, Individuality connection with, let's say, I don't know, I don't want to say God, but how do we say Ensof?
1: The infinite.
2: Yeah, how can you connect with it? It's only you can know, or only you can find your own way to it. Someone can describe you this IKEA, do this, 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 but nothing will make it happen unless you find your own path to it. And it's also in art the same. I think every place that you have to evacuate yourself from yourself, to make it really happen, you have to know what you need to clean up. Because there's a lot of things that can go really easy to you. And you say, oh wow, I'm, I'm a master on this technique or something. But who said that this is your way? Maybe always the way that you never tried, or the you walking through the shadow of death, or something like that, to grow, to find this place that you can connect. I don't know. So, go ahead. yeah.
1: Well, let's let's take this moment. Let's take this moment. Uh, I want to transition. Um, we're going to transition to some of your incredible artwork, and and we kind of want to. Jump into the creative process and the inspirational process with you, um, if that's okay so for those of, for those of you who are listening um, and not watching my
2: sister is still watching
1: I don't know. I know who is logged on at one point. I don't know who's actually on at the moment um, <laughs> so whoever's on you're welcome to leave a comment um, even even my sister logged on at least for a while I don't know if she still is. Um, so what, for those of you who are listening, uh, just so you know, on the show notes, we are going to post um, some of Roy's uh, artwork. And the, for those of you who are watching, then you're going to see it on the share screen uh, in just a second here. Oh, yeah. Your sister's still on. She's watching.
0: Oh, there she is. Okay, here we go. Uh...
1: So uh, we're going to share some of these pictures and take us through the process. Uh, I, I love getting into the minds of, of artists and creative people. First of all, what is it? Obviously, what are we looking at? But then how did you get there? What's the story you're trying to tell? And then like kind of, I don't know, take us into the sausage making a little bit. What kind of te- techniques you have to draw on? Uh, t- take us just through, through the whole process.
2: First of all, uh, my dream is to make sausage. So,
1: I, Oh, I have a friend here. I have a friend here who who has, I don't want to say perfected because you never perfect, but he's gotten really, really good at charcuterie. And sausage making And he makes these wonderful uh, sausages He sells them also um, And uh, So I'll have to bring you some next time I see you
2: <laughs> right. What are we looking uh, at here? Uh, okay let me ask you What do you think That was my What did I thought when I did it?
0: What, what were you thinking about when you did it? Or what do I what do I think about when I see it?
2: No what do you think it's basically
0: the same question okay i think that you were thinking about a homeless man with a lot of love
1: Hmm. i'm thinking thinking about a guy who feels empty inside and he's trying to buy meaning
0: Hmm.
2: it's also the same thing no no
0: wait was it a homeless guy though it's the opposite
2: why it's the opposite
1: because homeless doesn't mean you necessarily don't have meaning. It just means you don't have a home. Uh, the, my but, guy my guy's not necessarily homeless. He's just empty inside.
0: I don't know why I think he's homeless. Maybe be, I think he's like wearing mm. slippers. He looks schlubby.
2: I think he's homeless, but I think homeless is meaningless.
0: Mm. Oh, wow.
1: So you connected the two.
2: Yeah, I, I think uh, the only thing that you're carrying with you is love. Like if you don't have love, not to someone, but as an infinite feeling that you can connect to, so you don't have nothing. You don't have nothing, and you can lose everything, but if you lose love, then you don't have nothing. And people are willing to throw everything away, Mm -hmm. but just to feel love and it doesn't really matter if to be loved or to love someone but it's like the ju- just love
0: is he is he trying to like buy love or is he trying to bring love to others
1: this is uh nancy Shapiro or benny's mom one of our top fans is suggesting ideas here so we're going to share them
2: so wh- and if other that? listeners
1: want to share again what, what's,
2: what's the ideas
0: Nancy says, maybe, maybe he's trying to buy that. She's thinking that maybe this guy is trying to buy love, or that he's bringing love to others.
2: I believe he's bringing love to others, Uh I, I, I think he's bringing love to others to buy love. Do you think he's empty inside? I don't think he's empty. His face is is red also. Yeah, it's true. And uh, I think. It's it, it, it's like a, it's a connection because you you bringing love to get love and you want to get love that you can give love. And you know, ahava you know, in Hebrew is a uh, gematria. Have you said it in English?
1: So uh, there, there's a way to take Hebrew letters and give them numerical um, value, value and, and kind of do wordplay between mathematical value and words. And it's, so it's called gematria.
2: And and it's the same number. Ahava had Love and one. Hmm. Uh, I think it's the same thing. You have to give to get and you have to get to give. And, you
0: know. Wait, was this recent that you did this or is this older or? What, what set uh, this off?
2: I I think it's in, in the last year before covid because I made a uh, small exhibition about it, and I, then I, I did a, 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 a like a, a graffiti project in some place that was connected to this uh, uh, to this subject. I called it a "Reawake Your Heart," and I, I drew in uh, this nice place called Beth in Jerusalem. And most of the paintings there were uh, connected to the subject of uh, reawake your heart. The heart is, most of the time, sleeps if you don't wake him up. We talked about before about uh, making money and jealousy. And I think that the most important thing is that to feel that you are something that someone needs you for any reason, and uh, and I think this this uh, picture really covers it up. What what About inspired the, you to make this? What
1: was there something that you saw or felt or that happened to you that inspired you to draw this?
2: Felt, obviously, and. homeless people I really I really like to talk to homeless people Mm. Um, when I used to live in uh, Deboker, I used to uh, hang around a lot in uh, Be'er Sheva uh, central bus station there's a lot of homeless people there a lot of junkies and I always uh, sat with them and bought them food and asked them how they feel and try Mm. to understand not even understand just try to talk with them to you know I felt that they need someone to speak to, and I felt that I'm in the same situation. You know, I need someone to speak with me also. So it doesn't really matter who it is, I think. And there was a funny situations there. You know, like I said, to someone you want shawarma? I said no. Go buy me some cake. So okay, <laughs> I'm going to drink something? Say bring me orange juice, and I brought him big orange juice. I said no, bring me small one and give me the change. What are you doing? and it was okay it was okay really because you know it just needed i don't know
0: good life lesson <laughs> yeah. let me try to see if i can go through the next photo
2: okay
1: did i've seen this one before i think okay what, what is this one
2: and that was on my house in I aminadab mean, i just made a uh a painting on the wall like it was uh, it's outside of my house and i think it's the same it's the same subject as this one yeah it's the same subject is just giving heart or getting heart, and you can see that there's a lock on the heart and i don't know if i have the key and i don't know if someone has have, have the key there's a yeah, bird inside
0: yeah what's the what's the bird, bird?
2: I don't know. You tell me. I don't know. When it's I
0: the, saw for the first, I have to be honest, when I saw this for the first time, and again, this is like, I see what I'm thinking about. I saw, he kind of looks like, from the neck up, like it's a spaceman. Like a guy in a spacesuit, Except that it was a bird inside of an astronaut helmet or something like that. And now that I'm looking at it, I'm realizing that it's a man without a face. But, unfur- but it's the
2: same thing. It's, it's the same thing. It's an astronaut with a, with a bird in it. it we are astronauts. The well,
1: bird why why a part. bird? Why a bird? I don't know. You you actually don't know?
2: Really? It's just something that I really love to draw. It's easy to draw. And I think that in, in symbolism, it's like describing a lot of stuff of holiness and how do you say in English? I don't know.
1: <laughs> the, the holy presence. God's
2: yeah. presence. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and, and I think it's. It's there. I draw a lot of those birds, and there's all they are always inside of a person. Sometimes in the heart place, sometimes in the head place, but it's always this connection between heart and and mind.
1: It's interesting. And, to use birds. I know. I do. I did notice you use birds a lot. By the way, I watch a lot of uh, clips from like animal documentaries. Yeah, so do I. And the more I do, the more birds. The birds are. They're dinosaurs. They are They're dinosaurs. dinosaurs. They freak
0: me out. <laughs> no, no, no. You're not it's you know that's not just I'm not, like I, I'm not making a joke. It's not a joke. Birds are actually the last remnants of uh, And here's, uh, the, here's uh, the thing, man. Uh, we're <laughs> called sauropod dinosaurs, which were uh, dinosaurs that went extinct in the Triassic in the late Triassic period. Look at you. Bir- <laughs> no, I'm, just, I'm, 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 really, I'm really into this. Birds are um ev- ev- from an evolutionary perspective, they are remnants <laughs> that did not split off or go extinct that can draw their ancestors to uh, look, to what they, you they and have... I would think are classical dinosaurs. But if you look up on, on Wikipedia, for example, <laughs> you look up birds and their lineage, you will see that they are the last extant species of dinosaurs. I believe it. Look at their feet, by the way. Their feet are creepy. Go, 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 go look at, go look at an ostrich's feet. Penguin feet.
1: Go, go look at a penguin feet. The Yeah. The like scales and it's, it's crazy. It's like, you realize this is a creature. So you eat chicken, you're eating dinosaur. The, this is a creature. Birds are creatures that have no m- emotions. They can't develop, you know, feelings. Fish are much more
2: creatures. It it it's
1: eat or be eaten. If 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 a bird was big enough to eat you, it would eat you. Oh hell yeah. No yeah. question. But my
0: cat would eat me too. No, yeah,
2: I can't, I can't but but, but the fish also. The fish also, yeah,
1: yeah. But but mammals not. Mammals are different, right? Um Obviously, predators.
0: With. Yeah, their, their brains are not as developed. But no,
1: like if you take a predator and you raise it from a cub, then it can develop affections for you. You see people do that, even if it goes wrong sometimes. Um, ah. But but birds, man, and you you see birds eating other birds and birds just like they'll literally go up, you know. What is it? I watch these things and it's like, like you you'll see these not seagulls but something kind of like seagullish type things, and they'll just go and like land and grab like a baby penguin and just like literally swallow oh, yeah. the hole and just like Walk off, crazy. but 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 why not? Why not? No, from a evolutionary perspective, why not? Yeah, of um, course. It's, it's 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 funny what birds really have never
0: re- eaten a baby penguin.
1: It's it's funny what birds really are versus how they are portrayed in art. Yeah. Let's go on here. Let's see how I. How do you get to the next one? It
2: was really nice. My kids sat there, and I just painted it and just dad what are you doing and i said i don't know Let's is there a
1: reason is there a reason why a lot of your uh, human and humanish type artwork are fat people
2: i am fat <laughs> wait <there>. come on <laughs>
1: no i mean like seriously yeah, it's it's because like a
2: reflection of yourself i'm not
1: calling i I can't, I, I,
2: I can't ex- escape myself when i'm making art you know i i am the one who was making the art
1: yeah but you're not doing like you know greek you know chiseled physique type things you're doing uh
2: look at com- me or
1: comic books you know our comic books are always okay this one's crazy cool um <laughs> and, and, and this is something I, I love that you do and this is kind of Similar to to one of your paintings that we have in our house, um, yeah. the okay. So, what's going on here?
2: First of all, the 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 thing that is wrapping him, saying it, it's right. the same letters of huh. and I don't know how to explain it in English, but chokma is It's it's a bit so, kabbalistic.
1: is is wisdom
2: but when you when you translated it's the same letters as as, it's about that I can't really do nothing the real wisdom is to know that I am not if I can
1: true wisdom so it's like a play on words where you're saying true wisdom is understanding that you are limited and finite
2: it's to understand that you are not existing, or oh, that you're not even existing, not even existing. Wow!
1: Uh,
2: and oh, 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 from the the fire from his heart is uh, it's just the alphabet because also it's it's a bit kabbalistic. It's like the whole world was created from the Hebrew alphabet. Is it a kabbalistic think, idea? What?
1: Is that a Kabbalistic idea that the world was created? Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. yeah. Everything is a combination of of letters.
1: Hmm. So, and then there's, what is it, a pomegranate above his head?
2: Pomegranate above his head. It was a session of like a year, a year and a half that I drew a lot of stuff with pomegranate in it. First of all, it's my favorite fruit. My kids love it. They eat it. We finish at home like eight and 10 pomegranates a week.
1: Yeah, they're pretty good. The antioxidants. It, <laughs> I drink pomegranates. Yeah, yeah really.
2: Yeah, it, it's very Persian. There's a yeah, amazing salad of parsley, olive oil, and pomegranate. And I'm
1: going to make it, that uh, next time pomegranates are in season. They are in season right now.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's are tons of pomegranate in the, the supermarket. I, I just bought like around five or six. So, that so, we so have.
1: again, pomegranates, parsley, and olive oil. That's it?
2: It's an amazing, yeah, yeah. It's amazing.
1: I love, I love Persian food. There's always a sour element.
2: Yeah, I, I think it's the healthiest uh, kitchen. There
1: is. is there any good Persian restaurants? I need to go get some Persian food.
0: Not really,
2: in probably in Jaffa.
1: In Jaffa, yeah, in in Jaffa there definitely in, like not in Shuk Levantine. I know there used to be. Yeah, in mean, Levinsky, Levinsky. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, in Levinsky there is some,
2: and there's a Persian market. There also yes a lot of great ingredients. And um, yeah, I think it's an amazing kitchen. Anyway, pomegranate is also we see like in in the scripts that uh, said the, that even the lowest human beings, like in Israel, are full of mitzvot as a pomegranate. Hmm. It's like a, the minimum is still full. Wow something like
1: that. Why Why is he skinless and you can see his nerve endings?
2: I, I think it's a, a, a little bit of an x-ray and he sees also have some roots
1: oh.
2: out of him. So uh, the, ner-
1: the nerves connect to become our sort of roots.
2: Yeah. He's, uh, this is how this is the way you can uh, this is the way you're born. This is the way that you can really born. You, you can be 40, 50 years old and still be a one-year-old child in your mind. And the second you understand that you're nothing, that's when you're really born, that you can really start living. So that's a, like a fantastic illusion.
1: Wow. Okay. So now we have a Hasidic guy, with a struggle, yeah. his beard wins. His beard definitely wins on a skateboard with graffiti in the background saying, Slide away.
2: Yeah, maybe it's a, it's a bit of a, of a self portrait, some way. <laughs> I guess slide away. It's like this, you know, this uh, rolling over from place to place. And I really, when I was young, I really loved to skate. And I think. In another lifetime, I really love to have a (laughs) Stryman. And hopefully I will have a purple beard.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You can definitely have a purple beard.
2: Yeah. Can we talk
1: about Strylos for a second? Well, hang hang on, before you do, this reminds me of the um, there was a bit, I think it was on Jimmy Kimmel and and he goes around, Jimmy Kimmel, you know, the late night talk show host in America, and he goes around or he sends his camera person out to Brooklyn and uh and, and they do a bit called ch- chasid or hipster
2: oh i, I knew I, I saw that
1: love that bit and, and so they, they zoom in on the beard and the audience has to guess if it's a Chassid or hipster like okay Chassid, hipster chasid hipster and then you find the last guy and he kind of you know raises his hands and
0: he goes both Both. <laughs> <laughs> i remember that it's, it's yeah, awesome. I, I, I there
2: was in london this uh, fashion show something the best dresser was a Hasid, a, a Chabad Hasid. He was dressing fantastically with an amazing beard.
0: What goes around comes
2: around, right? I, I
1: like got to tell you, when it I... Came, it came back in style. When I, when I first started connecting more to uh, Judaism outside of the reform world, it was in America, and I had no idea of all the political tensions. I was you know, I was 21, 22 years old, still in college, I didn't care i didn't know about all the political tensions i didn't know that you know you're, you're in that age still where you don't realize okay if you're going to be religious and you have to be you know you don't have to be in boxes and i loved meeting and talking and hanging out with Hasidim and like their kind of worldview. To, like there was a there was a time in my life when i wanted to dress like a husband just because it's cool like you know before i knew what all the social implications <laughs> are, are you I'm
0: saying like, that you used to if i'm reading between the lines there were probably a couple of times where you dressed up like a Hasid when you were alone. Didn't
1: just to I see, didn't have
0: the clothes just to see? But you would have. Cool. Would you wear a strimal?
2: Next I, time I, I we next time we we'll meet, I will I will bring you a garter.
0: But you know what I do? Would you, would you wear a fake strimal?
2: I'm not so much in the
1: strimal, but I wanted to do like the the chabad hat, like the Borsellino. I did rock one of those a, a few times. They should it's do a fantastic a hat. It's a good look. By it's the way, really, really fantastic you image. asked about the Strymel and, and the Borsellino, which is the Chabad hat. Those were what gentlemen wore at a certain period in history. Uh, you
0: yeah. Know, yeah, it was it, called the 1940s and it was like yeah. the Mafia. And if you were in Italian. No, see, that's like, just that's no, no, the what distinguished to, people the Bors- wore. First of the Borsellino is not the type of hat, it's the brand of hat. It's the brand. It's the brand. And they still well, make them. Listen, and I what, was in what's Rome. The
2: problem, what's the problem with. 1940s mafia Jews.
0: There's no problem with no problem that at all. I was in uh, no, on, on the contrary, on some of my some of my family I think, members, I, I I would reflect on the fact that I was in Rome. Uh, Let's say recently, but when, when should, in it was a year and a half ago, and there are Borsolino stores, and the clientele that buys Borsolino at the Borsolino store in Rome is decidedly different than the clientele buying Borsolino at the Borsolino store in Borough Park. And they do have a branch in Borough Park of Borsolino. And they've, like, this hat company is, like, it it is sustained by old Italian men and and Hasids. That's it. Like, the The, weirdest... The the stribal, by the way, that was what certain
1: people of means in Poland and in various parts of Eastern Europe war at different parts of the 1900s. Like 1800s. serious
0: means. Those things cost a
1: pretty penny. Oh, it's a status symbol. Yeah, it is. I, I actually yeah. have, a, I have a magazine I can show you with a guide to what different kinds Even of...
2: Even today, it costs cost like $1,500 for a stramel. That's nuts.
1: That's nuts, but that's, you know, that's where they... Some
2: Hasidim buy their kids, like in the bar mitzvah, stramel also.
1: Yeah. That's crazy. Uh, So that, so that picture, that's kind of like you just kind of where you wish you could be.
2: It was a part of a project that I did to someone's house. I I made him this digital painting, maybe around two meters. And I, he asked for me for, uh, for people from Jerusalem and I just made those series the series of hipster Hasidic people all around. And love it. I'd it,
1: love to see the whole series. That sounds really cool.
2: It came out really fine. It was really nice. They're really happy. And I'm happy that they're happy.
1: Awesome. You want to put up the next one? Yep, that's weird. Yep. So this. Man, this screams Chagall to me.
2: <laughs>
1: this is this is like uh Modern take on Mark on a Mark Chagall painting.
0: I was gonna say Van Gogh's Starry Night.
1: You see the Starry Nights, I see I see the the silhouette kind of a person up in the sky on top of the buildings.
2: I, um, I want to ask you, what do you think he's doing? He's putting the stars in place or he's, or he's taking, taking them? First?
1: He's got a bag, so it could, oh, it could be either. Yeah,
2: it could be there.
1: I don't know. That's a good question. Is he putting them in place or is he taking them? What do you think?
0: I think that he's putting them in place because I see light coming out of the bag.
1: That's a good question. If he's got stars in his bag.
2: He can can collect them and also there's a light out of his bag.
1: The people are pointing. Are they pointing because it's amazing or they're pointing because they're pissed off? That's a really good question. I, I, not nothing of the facial expressions or the determination in his eyes or whatever gives it away. I think I that,
2: think that that is the main reason this project was rejected.
0: <laughs> oh no! <laughs> no it, 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 by it, it, What do what do you it, mean by that?
2: No, um no, it was a, a CD cover uh, for musician. And my intention was that he was putting the stars in the sky, and he said that this is really arrogant to to tell this story about himself. That no way that he's putting stars in anyone's sky. But I really connected to his music.
1: Who, who's uh, not, can you tell us who the artist is?
2: Yeah, his name is uh, Ran Rishon. He's a he's an he's a musician. He's like a singer, songwriter. He's an amazing artist. I think he's really, he's worth a show. Hmm. He's really worth a show. Very interesting. Oh, wait, man. Oh, wait,
1: I, I, maybe I missed it. Is he putting the stars in place or taking them?
2: No, he's putting them in place. He's the one that making the stars happen.
1: Is there a reason he kind of looks like Vladimir Lenin?
2: Uh, this is how the artists look like.
1: Oh, that's uh, that's what the guy looks like. Mm, yeah. I didn't know if it was a deeper message on communism. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Let him in, Julino.
1: So we, we have um, we, we have one of our guests asking uh, if they can if they can buy your artwork and if you ship to the United States.
2: Yes and yes. So how, can how
1: how can they, they buy your artwork? They can
2: connect me uh, via mail, just send me an email.
1: We will, we will uh, put up all of this information on the show notes. But I think this is also
0: a good opportunity to say that you do have a website, uh, and uh, it's, it's RoyMargaliot.com, right? Yeah. And we'll put that in the show notes, as Dan said. And, People can uh, contact
1: you, and they can buy prints. Uh, I have uh, two of your fabulous works of art in my house, one of which which, which we designed together.
0: It was yeah, kind of it's, it's an original art. It's only
2: in your house. There's no other place in the world that the spending
0: is. And I love it. And, and yeah, I've yeah. been to the restaurant. And
1: and I actually, yeah, Benny has been to that actual restaurant where I got that idea from.
2: Right.
0: And and again, Roy uh, did our our, our j- terrific and memorable uh, juwansed artwork. Yep. Which means, just to to lay it out there for people that might not know. You know we developed a concept of what we thought this was, and we went you know you really took us through a process of it was a creative
1: right. discourse type thing to try to take a concept and this was really cool what you do um you took us through the concept, you walked us through it, you discussed it, we had many you know long discussions with you that were kind of deep discussions, and then you tried to to turn that into into visual art you know how do how do you represent what it is we're going yeah. to be visually.
2: Yeah, I, I think it's it's nice. Like everybody got a filter to to reach reality, mm-hmm. and I'm so happy that mine is visual. You know, mm-hmm. maybe I'm just doing it for so long, and it's I'm really happy that you know I, I when I just I, when I graduated, I designed the T-shirts for one of the biggest companies in Israel and and I was really, really upset because I thought I don't do something that was really like uh, important. And I talked to a good friend of mine from Belgium. She's uh, I
1: I have no idea. What is that word? Dude, I have no friggin'
2: clue. I still don't know what that means. Like she took, she's taking animals and stuff them. Oh, taxidermy. yeah that's What's the word in Hebrew
0: because nobody does that here
2: what's the word Lefakles. Lefakles.
0: that's
1: an awful word it, it, sounds like, yeah.
0: it, it sounds like something that you do like like a bodily function that you don't want to talk about
1: <laughs> it sounds yeah it sounds like a bodily function mixed with the Hebrew word for monster
2: like, <laughs> she, 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 anyway she's really she's an amazing artist, and the first time I met her. She came to Zeboke and she was looking for a place to stay. She came with a with her boyfriend, and she I, I was every time like my house was really open. She said and they will call me Parsi that day because I have Persian. She said, Do you know a a guy named Parsi? They tell me that he's renting uh, houses. It's really nice to be a Persian and rent uh, real estate. But they said, I said, I'm Parsi, but I have no uh, house to rent, what do you look for? We're looking for a place to sleep. I said, okay, hopefully we'll find in the kibbutz, ask, I don't know. And then I saw them after like two hours and I thought, you know what, you can take my room, I will go to sleep in my friend's house. And I gave them a house for three days and she came here for an exhibition and she was uh, mixing animal bones and and, uh, dolls. As one does. That's,
1: yep, that's the the crazy word you said. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and, and <laughs> I took it, there's a place in, next to Slebo-Ker, that they, they put uh, um, dead animals for the vultures to come to eat, and there's tons of bones there. And I took it there. Wow. And we just stay uh, connected, you know, and she started to stuff animals.
1: Years ago. Yeah, speaking and, of speaking of Persians and and dead animals and vultures, you know the Zoroastrians, they they didn't bury the bodies. They would put yeah. dead bodies on the rooftop for the vultures to come and pick clean. Because uh, they, they
2: still do it in India. In India, there are cemeteries like that. Yeah. Sorry. My my you uncle.
0: You went off there, but that gave me a great idea. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Anyway, I I talked with her and she said, oh great, what are you doing these days? I, said, I don't know, I'm I'm designing t-shirts. She said, wow, it's amazing. I said, why it's amazing? It's so boring. Said, but you're making so many people happy. Yeah. Imagine yeah. just someone is walking so depressed in the street and he's seeing someone with this funny t-shirt. They said, not so stupid. They're starting to laugh. I
0: always wonder if taxidermists have like a red line that they will not cross. Like if you went to them and you were like, Taxi force. Ta- the word that you said that we don't know.
1: The what stuffing animals. Uh
0: yeah, I, I wonder if they like have a red line. Like, do they will they stuff a person? You're like, look, this is this is this is well, soft. That's uh. what
1: mummification is.
0: Yeah, no, 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 no. no. Mummification kinda, kinda. kind of. I guess it's like a mummification is like the cousin of taxidermy. Taxidermy that, is like, <laughs> I would like to prepare this so I can put it on, on display. True. So, like, if you were like, look. My will and testament is that when I die, I would like to be put in my living room for all to see. <laughs> <laughs> and I bequeath you with my body to do this job. So when I'm gone, make me look nice. Will they do it? Or they'd be like, mm, I don't know. I don't do people. Will they do? Will they do That's embalming. And Why
2: not? Because Why in America, not?
0: okay. I grew up in the upper Midwest, of the United States. So we went hunting and people would go hunting and, and we would go to friends' houses. They would have like a deer head on their wall or a, eagle or a bird or a fish or a bear or so, like that was something that people would have not all but some people would have he's given this look i'm like, trying to imagine all the jewy
1: minnesota no, no, this was human. not you know, none many of them not many hunting. jews did this yeah. but
0: you grew up amongst people that <laughs> yeah, sure sure you knew a taxidermy it was, was and you, was knew, you knew how country. it
2: was done tell, tell me why not not why well, I, do them. I, even why then, not? like
0: there, there were there were animals that I would never see. Okay, so like nobody had their dog stuffed and put in. There's
2: a lot house of people that, of the that th- there's a lot of people that stuffing their dog yeah. and put it in the living room.
0: I've never yeah. seen that, but I have seen any. Okay, there was this store. You probably had this in Indiana too, Cabela's. Nope. Okay, so there's a store. It's a chain like REI. Yeah, like these huge, hunting, huge, huge camping, stores. camping, hunting, fishing, outdoors type stores, and and Cabela's is this one that it's like, I think it's in in Minnesota, and it's like in Texas and other places in the South and whatnot, and they have like it's this massive store, and they have a room in the store, uh, not just a room, like the main hall in the store is literally a museum of dead animals, of like any type of hunted animal, from elephants to tigers to fish and sharks and. Polar bears and and giraffes and all kinds of crazy nonsense that no people, not not yet. Um, and 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 yet, no no dogs, no cats, no no, but
2: but this is like it's not fair because this is those are pets, so but those are animals. You went on
0: a a, a strange spin off here into a a bizarre world. Let's
1: jump back to the next. So, jumping back into
0: (laughs) going back to your art, um. This one I actually really really liked. Uh um, Well, you don't like the other ones? No, I loved I loved all of them. Um of but connected somewhere But I like this one. Um So so that
1: guy's sitting on the beach or the girl and that person behind them is a creep who's coming to uh, rob them uh, while they're sitting. Oh, you're ready. oh, My god, no, I'm look at him. Kidding. Kidding. <laughs> and god. God is there in the sky saying, "What are you doing?" No, I'm just kidding. Um
2: Actually, it it was part of an advertisement uh, for a show for a Gush Katif fifteen years ceremony for. uh, How do you call it?
0: The commemoration of the of the the evacuation of of the the
2: uh, evacuation. It was called a disengagement. Post post, uh, idealism. Post ideologist.
0: Like post, uh, yeah, okay, posted it. Posted the it album. was
2: like a spoken word evening for uh, a lot of people that lived there and were evacuated uh, from uh, this place. And this is the shoreline.
0: There we got a little,
1: well, had a little technical glitch. Technical
0: glitch here. Roy is
1: frozen on us. Maybe he's been taxidermied. Oh, my God, I hope not. I hope not. Blink of an
0: eye. Stop sharing here. Maybe that will help. He's going to come back. I I think that it's just fascinating that you can get into, like, the mind of somebody who makes these things. I'm so not. I mean, I know that he was saying that anybody can be creative. But no, when it comes to this type. Everyone can be creative in their way. In their way. This is not my way. And, yeah, it's beautiful. And it's I, amazing. It's be- no, I mean, it's beautiful. It's amazing. I can't do it. Is what sure. I'm saying. Neither can I. I start to draw something, and it's like I'm drawing stick figures or something. I look like a like a child. Oh, you're back. You're back.
2: Yeah, I'm back. I didn't. I don't know what happened. Um, so
0: I'm putting putting the photo back up, being the uh, the art back up. Okay.
2: Where did I was?
0: In? So, so, what are we looking at here?
2: We were looking at an, an uh, art that I made for an evening, a spoken word evening for uh, the um, ceremony of fifteen years for the evacuation of bushkatif settlements. Um, That's it, basically. That that was, that, was, that it was like those. It was a live. So for spoken people, day.
0: so so like every. For people that might not know, Gush Katif was was uh, largely coastal. A lot of there were settlements that were on the coast of the Gaza Strip. So this is clearly supposed to be a rendition of the beach.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, And um,
1: these these are the settlements that Israel decided to unilaterally evacuate in 2005, which for uh, many Israelis was a very traumatic
0: event. Yeah, the aftermath wasn't so pretty. I think that the state really kind of messed up in dealing with them. Um, but neither here nor there what is the what,
2: so the, what the, the the main event was the idea of talking about people that was really really ideologist about living there and what happened after they were evacuated uh, I, I don't know I, 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 I'm, I have mixed feeling for this uh, period of time because First of all, I don't know if those people would have been there in the first place, yeah, and second of all, I don't know how does it feel when you're religious. most of the people that were religious and they felt that they were making like this divine thing of being there for the salvation of Israel and blah blah, blah and stuff like that and and then the government that put them there, just rip them out. Um, Yeah, there's a lot of questions that I I hope, I hope that this illustration will, can ask those questions. I didn't want to make any uh, statement. I just wanted to ask these questions because if the Lord put them there, so the Lord also took them out yeah so what's, the, right. what's the problem yeah. if you believe that everything is by god's commandment yeah so i don't
1: know yeah that, that's it, interesting it, because when you when you talk to when you talk to people who are very religious and who are from the settler movement right so it's like okay we're able to expand that's a good thing god's with us and, and, and oh, no, we, you know, the government isn't allowing building, or uh, or if it's a, in the context of this, which was a unilateral move, or possible, uh, a possible scenario of a, a peace process, and you have to take down possibly some settlements, it's like, God's not with us anymore. Where's God? And and nobody's ever saying, okay, this too is part of God's plan, you know?
2: Yeah, I think
0: There's some see. spiritual immaturity there.
1: No, yeah, that's interesting. I never thought about it that way. Like, do you i mean—have you ever seen that in the religious discourse here, of people saying this too is also part of God's plan, or is that what you're trying to to say here to people?
2: That, that's what I'm trying to ask, not to say, sure, but to ask because let's say there's a really, really uh, there's a, the first Torah on the Kuta on Rabbi Nachman. He's talking about this. He's saying the the second a man knows that everything that happened is for a divine reason, then it's like being in the afterlife.
1: Yeah, you don't have to worry about anymore. You don't have to try anymore. Um,
2: I don't know. We can talk about it later on, maybe. But the, first of all, the, the, the when I was in a lesson and I learned this this uh, Torah with my Rav. So he said, look, they say, Rabbi Nachman is talking about knowing. He's not, he's not talking about feeling. And maybe a lot of these people that was there uh, can know that there is a reason that they took they took them out, but they can't feel it. <laughs> There's a big dissonance between know something and feel something. And I I think I wanted to talk about this thing also in this illustration because maybe it's comforting to know something even if you don't feel it.
1: Which comes first?
2: Which comes first? I don't understand the question.
1: What comes first, knowing something or feeling it?
2: It depends where are you looking at. Let's say uh, in Kabbalah, there's like three main areas in your body that spiritual uh, that are really spiritual. You have your mind, you have your heart, and you have your liver. And the liver your is liver. the blood. What your liver? Your liver is blood. The blood is in the liver, the, in the liver, and it's like the lowest place. It's like your instincts, your lusts and you have your mind that is like the clear thing uh, and the place they fight each other is your heart and it depends where are you want to be so what does come first it depends what you're looking for because you can be mad at something or angry or sad, but it depends if you're feeling what you feel because it's coming from the liver to your heart or from your mind to your heart. It's really... Mm-hmm. and That's the place that a man, a, a human being, have to be in this minimal conscience of how do you look about life? You're trying to fill up your lusts or you're trying to be clear about what's happening and it, it it mixes up all the time in your heart wow
0: i like how there's the the point of light that's coming out from the dark sky that goes down to them when i of course i when i read when i saw this for the first time i had no context Dan didn't send them to me with captions, or I didn't even look at them or anything. And and I and I was reviewing all of them. Um, I'm really big into you know all kinds of metaphysical stuff in terms of like I don't know interdimensional things, extraterrestrials, aliens, uh, space. Have yeah, you seen one? No. We're just man, we're both uh, really curious about it. I I I, I, I would love I would I would love to. Um, it would be incredible um maybe maybe i've seen one i didn't know maybe maybe they maybe maybe they walk amongst us and look like us and we have no idea maybe they're men time, in black <laughs> maybe there are, maybe there are time travelers uh that that we don't know and they would look like us because they are us maybe 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 there's all kinds of of things that are maybe i you probably um i think well, that why
2: do you why do you say probably you can say probably not also the same thing
0: uh i think the universe is infinite and it's um again we were talking before about faith and you know ultimately you're trying to believe in something that you don't uh you, you don't physically you prove, see yeah. you can't define in terms of uh it's it's shape size smell weight mass these sorts of things and and here it's the same it's the same sort of a, a thing you you hold on to a hope that um
2: so you are a man of faith, even though oh, you do. Of course,
0: of course, of course. No, because, because before, By the way, goes, I could, like... I could, I could make an argument that in many, in many ways, without getting too, too
2: strong. No, strange, it's not. It's, it's not an argument. It's a, it's a discussion because. No, no, no.
0: When I say make an argument, I don't mean argue with you. I mean I can make I could make a point mm. that it it may be one and the same. You you might call the force of the universe uh, mm. that, that makes itself present to human beings yeah. on the planet. To, God or you know Hashem or whatever, and I might say that it's a it's a it's a it's a powerful energy that comes from deep in a, in a different source of the universe that makes itself present here on this planet in in the form of of light and power and being and it's actually very very real in origin it's just coming from a place and time that we can't understand and and that's how I see it and you see it the way that you see it but ultimately we we may be talking about the same thing uh, I think it's interesting there's there's I'm gonna forget who said this. It's, but it's,
1: it's like the story of the the blind man and the elephant, and each part feels a different part of it, and they're describing different different things. But at the end of the day, they're all describing right. the same thing. So I, I, yeah.
0: I, I, I forget who said this, but it's interesting. And they were talking about how how religions and, and the and the narratives and the stories of religions can ultimately exist, uh, and and how. Um, you know, one could look at the extraterrestrial origin, maybe of life on Earth, or or something like that, and, and interpret it nowadays the way that modern religions <clears> interpret it. And they, and they would say, if human beings moved to, let's say, we go to Mars, okay, in uh, in I don't know, 30, 40, 50 years, whatever it might be, okay, we send a group of people to Mars. They come back a couple of years later. We send our first colony. Our first colony moves to Mars. There's 25 people they start living there they can never come back to earth okay that's the whole thing technology doesn't allow them to come back
1: why 25 don't you want to have
0: couples 26 fine 26 okay whatever you might (laughs) (laughs) is either gonna gonna be a lonely person or a three there's a a child involved who knows okay whatever they go over there and um and and then let's say that there's something awful happens on earth there's a pandemic okay not like covid Mm -hmm. like like the thing that we thought COVID could have been in the mm-hmm. beginning before we knew. Okay. And they can never come back. And now there's a military commander who's the head of the, the mission. He's on Mars with these people. And he's all of a sudden he's put in this place where he no longer has the authority from back at home. And he has to tell people how to, how to live. And he becomes kind of like this Supreme sort of guy. And people talk about him and he's around and, you know, his life goes by and, and he passes away. And the descendants of this first mission are living there and then they go by and their life goes on and then 30, you know, you know 300 years later, uh, maybe some people remember the story of, you know, the history of what happened. This, this group landed there, they came from Earth, they know what happened. A um, thousand years later, how much is remembered? Do they even know that Earth, you know, maybe they, they have records. they know that Earth existed, but do they know that there was a mission? Do they know that human life came from Earth? Go 3000 years in the future. Maybe they don't even have a recollection that there was life on Earth. Now they just think that people always existed on Mars. But they know that there was this really, really strong character in the beginning when when the origin of of life in their in their parable and narrative happened, who happened to be that commander that went to Mars on the mission. But they don't know what to call him. They just see him as the creator of everything that they know on that planet. And all of a sudden you have a new narrative that's born that is completely detached from the actual reality of what it is that they... That brought them to be there so you know what's to say that that isn't possible not saying plausible but possible that that's happened here and in many other places all around the universe um you have no idea we have no idea we don't have you know that the our our languages in terms of written languages only go back you know we're talking about that's why you, you can't that's why you can't make years, up religious but, but I, yeah. I think
2: i think there's one thing that you have tradition like Let's say I know. I am familiar with like around twenty-five ger- generations above me. Right. Uh, how how many how many years are twenty-five generations?
1: Say three generations in a decade, four generations in a decade, in in a century. In
0: century. Yeah, but you're talking about a you know a thousand years. Five hundred years. Five hundred years.
1: years. Yeah, not even five hundred. No, it's six six seven hundred. Whatever.
2: Okay, so let's say we got 600 years and these 600 years have another 600 years. I don't know. There's something very strong in tradition that is more powerful even than faith in some aspects. Sure. So as long as we got tradition and enough time to see... The evolution of tradition. So there's a lot of things that uh, uh, are not even questioned if you have faith. Because you believe. And if you if you take this belief out of the story, so you've got six, seven hundred thousand years of, of, of tradition of the same story. Absolutely. I don't know. It,
0: it, Look, this is the tip of the iceberg. I could get into this. We could talk about this for hours and hours and hours and do episodes. You just clearly on this. thought about this. I, I I go to these places a lot. Um, it's not just about believing. You know, there's there there are very very serious people and very very serious programs and in, and in governments around the world have been into. There are definitely phenomenon that you know happened uh, but, uh, of
2: course of that, course and what and we,
0: there are ufo i mean these things exist it's not
2: a no, no, of course I, I i'm with you and i'm on the, the same side of the road i don't think that the the funniest thing that people think that life ends where well the nose ends
0: mm-hmm. yeah
2: exactly and and uh, you know if you can read about it in tradition in jewish tradition and everywhere
1: does Kabbalah Kabbalah or any of the texts that you study um, talk about the possibility of life from other planets did they ever even discuss it think about it ponder it
2: I I don't know what I read and saw there's a lot of talking about uh, the infinite of souls of the human souls uh, about about other life forms in other planets. I don't recall I found anything, but there's a lot of like uh, things that are written about. How uh, you said um, about demons? I don't know to, to find the right word without sound comics. It's no,
1: like, yeah, uh, demons, ghosts, um...
2: yeah, extraterrestrials. You say. Extraterrestrials is, is life from another planet, but I mean, no, we were not from a, other planet, but like in here, in, on this yeah. planet, with us, a lot of other beings. Uh, I, I want to get into people.
1: this with you. We 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 actually talked about this in in our prep call, for, yeah. for the show, and I, I, I threw at him, <laughs> I, Benny. I threw at him into our listeners. Um, you know, Roy, Roy, Obviously, you can tell by his accent, he he's not a native English speaker. Although your English is fantastic, um, and oftentimes when you say to people in, in a kind of a cold manner okay like let's switch to your other language that we're not used to speaking in who are you Tell me about yourself it's 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 kind of uh you're too self-conscious so to throw to throw away off his so he wouldn't be self-conscious about his English I said who are you what's your story and do you believe in aliens you know I threw out a random story he said no but I believe in ghosts and I actually want to talk about that with you let's because uh, this is this is always something uh really cool so you said you believe in the supernatural um and i know in, in jewish text there is a discussion about this
2: so. I, I think to call it supernatural is wrong because this, this sure, is sure. natural that there's other species or whatever how do you call it in english in 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 our planet mm-hmm. i think it's natural
1: so wait how do you describe it so is, is it ghost is it demons is it are there different it's, planes it's, of existence? And it's it's, en-
2: it's it's energy, it's energy, and it, 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 the same way you can control the energy in in a way of a human being, look like it can be anything else. Why I, I, not?
0: I would I would posit the following: there's a there's a, there's a language that we use, it's a secular yet also religious language that's you know that we use to describe these phenomena: demons, ghosts. Uh, apparitions. Um, That's not a word. It is a word. It's, it's absolutely a word. Um, you know, all, all kinds of, of, of things that we can't describe. Phantom. Uh, okay. This, that, and the other. The language that we use is based in our culture. It's based in, and our, in, understanding in our, in our culture is based on our understanding of reality. Yeah. And we can only define things within the context of which we live. What if all of these things are just our way of trying to understand things without the, the ability to to recognize the technologies that are actually existing in more advanced, uh, or, uh, you know, societies or or species. Well,
1: hang on, he's talking about something.
0: These things Let's say you're right. Let's say
2: you're right, and it, it's. Oh, but what you're saying that's like the difference of definitions. Let's say those. Yeah,
0: that's, but that's my point. That's my point is that we did not have at the time the technology, or the understanding, or the desire to let our minds expand to a point where that. We're recognizing these phenomenon weren't a threat to a power structure.
2: Okay, we can talk
0: about them openly and say what they really are. So we we said, oh, they're scary. They're
2: ghosts. I, 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 they must no, be I,
0: people from the past.
2: I don't care if they're ghosts, if they're spirits from the past, of their of the if they're aliens. It doesn't really matter. That's not the story. That's not the issue. The issue is that I'm not alone, and there's a lot of things that is happening around me that. If I will not make myself a, a, a clear vessel to be a, a conscious to those things, I can't see or feel okay. them.
1: What well, What do you mean?
2: I mean that there. I, I think I, I believe that anyone can see or feel or communicate with other. Uh, I don't know how to say it in English, but other entities,
0: other entities.
2: Yeah, but, but I, 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 it seemed natural to to be able to do it, but we can't do it because we didn't just walk on the. Uh, we didn't exercise to open this uh, Tede. How do you say Tede in English?
1: Oh. No, well... Frequency. Frequency.
2: Yeah. I agree. I, I agree. It's like if you can talk and someone can understand you, I think someone can also understand your minds. And-
0: and, and and the fact is, so, is that for many, 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 many uh, years to talk about these things in a scientific way. Well, prove it. Go prove it. But no, with the very look. Because science you says have, science you says have two types it. of people who get into this. Okay. Oh, you hey, have serious scientists. Wait, hold on, hold on. You have serious scientists. I mean, serious people, billionaires, politicians, serious scientists who are 100% on board with what Roy and I and and, and others are saying is, is real. And they use actual science to prove it. And like they, what? You know, give, give me an irrefutable example. things that they'll look at. Like what? You have military people. Okay. Like what? Like what? Colonel David Fravor. No, no, United I don't have people.
1: Like, what are you talking about? Give me an.
0: an they an, use the scientific method to prove. To prove what? To try to have define. You seen, haven't
2: you seen kind of Ghostbusters?
0: Okay. <laughs> don't. Used, no. It's not Ghostbusters. So, so you have science. Okay. You have science within, within, you have departments within, let's say, um, Lockheed Martin. Okay. Who actually studies. Uh, UFO phenomenon to try to see what it is that's going on. What is this energy that's, that's being picked up? Obviously, it exists. Cameras pick it up all the time. The military picks up, you know, communications all the time. What is going on? Is this human technology? Is this of this planet? Is it a threat to to to, you know, in that case, is it a threat to the U.S. military? What is actually going on? Because well, they know yeah. it's not theirs. But, I, I, I not have a, I, I, I have, I have
2: a better question for you, Dan how many times in your day routine you can feel or go into some uh, moods that are really, really unacceptable for you to think that you want to get in. Let's say you can be mad, so furious, that if you think about it, like two days later, you said, that wasn't me. I don't say that someone got into you and... This was an extra something, I don't know. But how can't you be so sure about what's happening inside of you? Leave leave it aside what is going on outside. I'm talking about the inside now. If we can't be aware of what's going inside, if I will ask you how many times were you frustrated today? And if you tell if you will tell me. Five times, and I will ask you when. Okay, can you answer me
1: when I was frustrated?
2: Yeah, when how many times have you been frustrated today?
1: I don't know, a few
2: that that it's not a good answer. Why? Because if you don't aware to what's happening inside of you, how can you be aware to what's happening outside of you and affect you?
1: No, because we don't. I don't keep track of it. You know, it's like okay, I'm trying. If you don't,
2: you but if network. you if you don't keep track out of it, so how can you keep tracking what's happening inside, outside of you?
1: I don't follow if, your point.
2: Trying to say that there are so many things that are not scientifically measurable, uh, not because it's it can't be. I mean, because we don't give our uh, state of mind to it. Mm -hmm. So if we're not putting our state of mind about how we feel, if if I can't be quiet a little bit and listen to my heartbeats, not with a stethoscope or something, or to be able to listen to my thoughts in like let's say two minutes, mm-hmm. but really listen to what I think or try to concentrate for a few minutes in one word or in one visual. Mm-hmm. How can we try to see some things that are trying not to be seen? It's it's like not fair not to believe in something if you can't see it because there's so many
1: that's fine and i'm just saying let's you know let's go to the direction that you know we kind of said it half jokingly but of what what in our modern language we say supernatural but you're saying it's very natural so what are you talking about give me specific examples of, of what you're talking about
2: what do you mean by specific? I don't know.
1: What, what, what makes you believe that there is such thing as ghosts or demons or whatever?
2: First of all, it it's written, I believe. It's written in the Gamala, it's written in the Kabbalah, it's written in the Zohar. What, Why won't they believe?
1: Explain to us what, what's written.
2: Ghosts, demons, everything. It's written, it's talked about. You can, there's so, so many methods and uh, things that you can practice and do to see Uh, Demons and true,
0: and 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 even the Hasidic Hasidic uh, literature is filled with tales of dibu.
2: No, not even Hasidic. It's Gemara. It's two more than two thousand years ago. It's written. Try this and this and this, and you will definitely see footprints of those
1: chicken footprints.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. We have we have uh, my my Iraqi relatives, my older ones, the ones who actually remember Iraq. Tell me of stories. Maybe you had this with your Persian. My grandma,
2: my grandma my grandmother was telling me so many stories like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I have these stories from my, one of my older aunts who said the sto- there were stories uh, that it would have been my great grandfather, somebody along the lines of that. They, they said there was a story where he was a young kind of servant type in, in, in a rich person's house. And he was sent to go get something from the cellar and he didn't come up. And so, um, they went to go look for him, and he was sitting in a chair in the middle of the room, just in a trance. And they realized that he had been sucked into a ghost wedding that was taking place, and that he was, like, now a part of it, in the middle of it, and they had to, like, get him out of it. And then there's uh, stories about, uh, right in the Gemara, it talks about it put sand around your bed. Red. And if you find chicken footprints, okay, so the I guess the legend is that ghosts... According to the Gemara, and in Iraqi tradition, Jewish Iraqi tradition, at least, um, they they look like people, kind of from far away. But then, if you look closely, they have chicken feet.
0: I'm gonna have some messed up dreams tonight. Messed up dreams, so messed up.
2: My grandmother used to tell me that she had an uncle. And he was like she always it was like Eliyahu Navi, that he was really, really holy, and he went to this lake to uh, uh, like a mikveh uh, to dip before uh, Yom Kippur. And there was a mermaid and he told her jump back into the water it's not uh, i i can't see you half naked and she said i'm sorry your holiness and she jumped so many stories about so many stuff and i believe her she's my grandmother i i, I can't not believe her you know? <laughs> uh, rest in peace but but a lot of other stories about a lot of others i mean It's much more natural to believe in it than not believe in it, I think. Have
1: you had any experiences where you're like, for sure, that's a ghost in your life? You
2: want me to talk about it live on (laughs) Juranst? Come for a dinner. We'll talk.
0: (laughs) So I would go beyond and I would say, maybe the ghost isn't a ghost. Maybe, you know, we don't. Maybe the ghost is a, okay, how can I say this? You, it's hard to put these thoughts to words Because they're just things that you think about esoterically In your mind and they're sure. not things that you spit up all the Often and, and qualify or whatnot But it's like We don't know what happens after we die You want to believe that something happens For sure, yeah, die, yeah, for sure like, you go to the universe. Well, you're in the universe now. Matter exists. Right. All the matter that's ever existed exists. So are, are you, there, you are matter. So I mean, you, you know, die. In, you, you, you 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 go somewhere. In
1: Confucian thought, and and I'm looking at a book I have here that I studied in college on Confucian thought. There's a parallel world of like dead souls who have like a kingdom and have a court and kings and this and it's like
2: it's an ama- There's an amazing story that about Shemtov. I, I th- no Reb Nachman is telling about Reb Mendel from Vitebsk. It was it uh, was one of the uh, earlier Hasidic that he came. He's buried in uh, Tiberia, mm-hmm. and he's telling a story about Hasid that he was here. And he was uh, like uh, making business. He came with a ship with his goods, and in the middle of the of the when they were shipping, he said. Uh, He saw that they're not coming into the place that they they used to ship the goods, just turning around. He said, what happened? They said, no, nothing, just making a turn and going back. It was once, two times, three times. And he said, I'm demanding to know what is happening. I'm the captain of this ship. This is my goods. And the sailor says, listen, the truth is that you are dead <laughs> and this is your afterlife yeah. he said it can't be like that i want to go to see my rabbi and they tell him you can't this is your He said no i demand to see my rabbi and he went uh, and the story said that he went to see his rabbi and his rabbi like freed him from uh, this afterlife and just passed away and went to heaven. But there's a lot of stories about it's like what I'm trying to say, it's very natural in the Jewish world that afterlife is mixing up with real life and there is souls like it's if it's part of Hashem, it's part of the Lord, it's infinite. So,
1: do you, do you believe in uh reincarnation, Gilgul Neshamot? Of course. Yeah, that that happens to us? What? Does it happen to us or does it happen sometimes or does it happen to everyone?
2: Of course. course.
1: Yeah? Yeah. So if it happens, then, I mean, it's not that the souls are going off to a different kind of plane. It's like they're being recycled. How does that work?
2: It's not really recycled because every time that you come here, some part is getting fixed like 100%. Then you passed away and the leftovers are coming back again and they're being recycled until they will get their 100% fixed.
0: So it's dividing um, all the time. What? So it's dividing all the time.
2: Yeah, we, uh, the soul is divided to five according to Judaism and Kabbalah. You got nefesh, ruach, neshama, chaya, yechida. Five parts of the soul and uh, every time another part is coming in Generally, we can. Just, there's wow. a, so, so many the, books. So, the,
0: so then, the question is, where does the other part go? I, I think, I think what I'm getting at here, and I, and definitely what you're getting at, and we're coming from different perspectives. Um, my, mine is trying to be more, I think, uh, empirical, and 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 then there's a spiritual aspect of this too. It's just like we, uh, with all that we know about everything, you look at the bookshelf behind you, and you look at all the books in your house, and and everything that we're into, and and that we know, we know so little about the reality of existence um so little Uh, and 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 but there is truth you know reality is is there is reality um and and what happens to us after we die where do we come from the five souls uh where do the other souls go are there you know is there time travel are there aliens what is the ufo like all these things have answers we just don't know them and we're trying to make the very most of what we can and, and, and try to understand the, the most of what we can in, in the ways that we do it. I, I, I think, I, I think, but I, but I think, I think, I think it's a shame. And I'll say this, this doesn't apply to the three of us, but specifically when we start talking about this type of a topic, there are a lot of people out there who will go, no, 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 this is crazy talk. You know, they're starting to talk about aliens, starting to talk about you no, know, UFOs and the time no, travel no, and, no. And, and and ghosts and all this stuff. And it's like, well, you know, people are so interested in finding out facts. It's like, how come? What? How is this not of interest to people? Why, why is this considered craziness? This isn't crazy.
2: I'll, I'll tell you something about it. It's, a few years ago, I had some friends of mine that their parents died, and some of my friend passed away. And I remember I was making a hot tub, and I sat in the hot tub. And I said, "Man, maybe you're dreaming all of this stuff, and you're just in the middle of a dream, and you." About to wake up? Yep. And then I said, what does it matter? I mean, let's say there is aliens, there is ghosts, there isn't. I don't care. What is about, how how is it regarding me? The basic question is, where does this thing affect me to change my life, to make my life better? to make me grow, to make this world grow to a better place. So let's say that if I will know that there is God, so I will be a better person, let me believe. But if I will know that there is no God and that will make me a better person, maybe it's better. I don't really know. I mean, all of these things are relevant if it's relevant for the way you live and the way you try to make your life better, and by necessary, if your life is making better, so the world is getting better. Because if it's not going together, it's not good. And it doesn't matter if you're religion or, religion or not religion. Yeah, so, yeah. It, it, it's like the the I think what the amazing thing about Hasidut it's. It's the question, it's always come back to yourself. Right? So what's what's about me? How is Hashem connected to me? He's asking me this, that, but what, what the, you know, the father of my rabbi was really, he was an amazing man. Uh, he was really, really smart man. And he says, he said once, someone, I I was in a funeral and I saw one of his uh, Talmidim, he's, Students, I don't know how you call it. And someone asked, him, What did this man teach you? And he said, He taught me to wake up in the morning and said, There is no rabbis, there is no books, but there is God, and you have to go find him by yourself as an individual. I mean, everything is how do you say in English pyrotechnica?
0: Hyrotechics. Hyrotechics, man.
2: Yeah, everything is the, but you have to one that push the buttons for the fireworks, and if you're not pushing the button, buttons, at least enjoy the show. <laughs> it's happening anyway. It's happening you can anyways. believe it. it. What?
0: Because yeah, it's, that is. It's, it's yeah, happening it's anyways. happening
2: anyway. But if you connected or if you're not connected, that's that's the story. But it's happening anyway and as long as you open yourself to be connected to more stuff then it can be real even if it's not real you know, there's some i think the chabad on thursday is going to be the yoga side of the Baratania, the founder of chabad and he says in his book so I don't remember the recall the, the specific but if you're not happy Persuade yourself that you're happy. And even if you know that you're lying to yourself, say I'm lying to myself that I'm happy. Yeah,
0: fake, we say fake we say it in English, it. fake it till you make it. Fake it till you make it.
2: Yeah, and, and it's happening, you know. It's true. Because you are looking for your own way.
1: You're creating at the end of the day, your own
0: reality, your own matrix. Did you know that, that's incredible. Fake it till you make it is Chabad Hasidut. Yeah. <laughs>
2: But it's it, it, it uh, I, I think it's it's deep because it's uh, it's not it's not just imagine you can, it's maybe the opposite. Imagine you can't. It's happening anyway. Just join the show.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm so It doesn't.
2: Over. It's not up to you. There is happiness. Just hold it up somewhere.
1: I try. I try. Um you know, you get frustrated a lot and you get scared a lot. And, and this, and I've kind of always had this, I, I don't want to say I'm being stoic because I don't think I'm stoic, but it's like, you know, I smile and I go through the day and I try not to get bogged down by existential things because I I try not to get flustered by things I can't control. And the things that I can control, I try to do my best. And the things I can't, okay, make the best out of it, you know, enjoy what's good and, and try to ignore what's bad. And but I had
0: a conversation with somebody that we both know who I who, 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 I will not name, uh, on the way here. And he was getting, and this is kind of how how most conversations go with him. If I'm talking existential with you about like what's going to happen with the world in like a life and death sort of a way, his conversations with me are always like, everything's going to shit. The economy's collapsing. You know, our governments are awful. They're not saving us. They're not doing anything. And, and, and what like, it, what does that get you? But, but that's the point. And that's the point I made to him. I stopped him and I said, dude, listen. You know, I know you're, I can hear you very passionate. I'm passionate, too. I came to realization several months ago after many, many, many depressing moments that there's a lot of stuff about this time of life that really you're in zero control about it. Are you in government? No. Are you in a position of power to influence the government? No, not really. OK, so you have no control over any of this, right? You're not making policy. Right. You moved to a different location with your family because economically it made more sense for you. Yes. OK, so you do the things that you can and the things that you can't. Why are we talking about them on the phone for an hour? And, you're, and then I can see the veins popping out of your neck. You're getting all pissed <laughs> off. Everything's about to ah, I'm like, dude, you're going to have a heart attack. You're literally going to drop dead because oh, all you can think you about is, is, is how awful the things that you can't control are relax go look at your kids they're beautiful give them a hug work hard We're, i know Try you to work do hard good in life you know love your wife do you, do go you make a good dinner and, and 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 go to sleep go exercise
2: exercise do, do you remember bivis and butter of course yeah. so there's one episode that they're going to a rock concert and they're on the way to the bathroom do you remember this one no.
1: It's I loved it a long time. There's like a Hasidic artist talking and to he, about being a <laughs> one
2: of them is laughing. He said, "If you laugh at me, so I so will throw into the into the universe." Ur- yes. Yeah, so, so he said, uh, I, "I don't care," so, and he threw him. He said, "Wow, it's so warm in here. <laughs> I'm so happy. <laughs> so warm in here." Yeah. You know?
1: That that's also uh, originally uh from the founder of Chabad, yeah. Beavis and Bloodhead story.
2: You know what? I remember a few, a, a few times, a, a few days ago. I showed it to my wife. She didn't know what I'm talking about. She's re- she's religious for my house. Uh, you remember on MTV there was Migrant Boy?
0: No, no.
2: It was a- We had American
0: MTV. It's different from Israeli MTV. Uh, you had European MTV.
2: The, so that was a small episode, like series of uh, uh, black and white animation called Migrant Boy. There was a kid that came and said, my grandpa, my grandpa, I am a ninja. And he came like with this ninja stuff and said, you're not a ninja, you're just a kid in a ninja suit. So he took his uh, mask and said, look, I'm a poet now.
0: Mm. <laughs> Do you remember innocent. being, I don't know if this happened to you, Ray, but I remember being like probably 11 years old, 12 years old and I would watch Beavis and Butthead and my parents didn't want me to watch yeah, Beavis it was disgusting and because it was vile. And I would like sneak away and I would watch it. And then you would go to school, and you're a 12-year-old boy, and you could not stop doing the Beavis and Butthead voice. Yeah, the Cornholio. And everything was funny. Somebody would be like, <laughs> no, somebody would say, yeah, like, you know, the, yeah, yeah, somebody
2: somebody would be like, <laughs> <laughs> someone would say
0: like zipper, and you'd be like, <laughs> he said zipper. He said, <laughs> cool. Yeah. Shorts. <laughs> hat, shorts. <laughs> No,
2: it's. and like were, to this
0: day that's how i can do beavis and butthead it's like well what you were saying to me there's
1: there's i saw just something recently on facebook um that was like have the confidence of a four-year-old wearing a batman t-shirt you know it's mm-hmm. like like yeah it, it's created it's your reality make it you know um Wow, well, we've been talking to you for almost three hours are um, we on
0: three we're getting We're nearly, there. We're nearly three hours
1: it's a I, I feel like we could easily talk to you for three more hours you want to look at one more uh let's one go more through one, one
0: more picture here um even select. You know,
1: do you have a special one, one more that you'd, you'd like us to, to pick, or Benny, maybe one that you connected with especially?
2: Um especially connected for everything that you will show. Yeah, of course you yes. do.
0: No, no, this one. Let's do, I'm going to let Dan choose. <laughs> no, the one under it. Oh, that's cool too. Oh, yeah, this one. Definitely this one. Do that. Yeah, this is dark.
1: It's dark. I'm gonna share it now, and then everyone will see what we're talking about. Bam,
2: bam, bam! I'm exciting. Also, what what is it?
0: <laughs> Boom!
2: Oh, who? well,
0: uh, intense. This is next week. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Have you seen that this Iranian guy always saying that that he will that Trump is gonna die in a few days? No, someone from Iran. said that, that uh, Trump will die in a few days. This guy looks like he's from Iran. Sure. Yeah, but I, I have two nice stories about. First of all, this uh, that was an exhibition. I had for, for a, those who
1: are for those who are listening, um, and, and want to look up the picture we're talking about. It's it's a guy with a beard, red skin, standing in front of kind of like a burning city. It almost looks like. So yeah. you can look at it on the show notes and, and see what picture it is we're talking about.
0: Or, um, or the city of Lod and any day
2: And <laughs> <laughs> um, actually it's uh, it was a part of an exhibition that I made in a summer four years ago. I was uh, we just moved to a new house and this exhibition named Homeless. It was home.less and uh, most of the the paintings there were uh, about not having a house and moving was very traumatic for me I was like few months I, I couldn't sleep hmm. and I just felt often I, I, I couldn't find parking when I came home from work and I was so happy that I can stay two more minutes in the car and uh, We made this exhibition, me and a friend, it was like a dual exhibition. And that painting was a real big one as well, more like two and a half meters maybe. And I painted it on a wall in the gallery. And the agreement was that I have to erase everything and paint the wall again to white after the exhibition was ended. So that is the most amazing experience to erase a huge painting that you made. I I made it like for maybe, I don't know, 12, 13, 14, 15 hours. I was just working on it. and, uh, And at the end of the exhibition, you're just taking the painting off and you have one wall and you can't take the wall off, you just have to paint it. Mm. And this is like a temporary work. The, and it was alive for a week or two.
1: Like a mandala.
2: And uh, I really enjoyed erasing it because it, it really is it like, like a mandala.
1: Yeah, right? Like the, the Buddhist monks who spend weeks oh, yeah, making those intricate sand
2: paintings and then destroy them. I don't know if that's what Mandala is doing. I don't know that. Think I think I got the right word. I'll look it up later. I don't know, <laughs> but uh, it it was really nice. Just you know, not to connect to something that you're doing. It's really hard. It, it, it's a, it's a great exercise.
0: Did you yeah. have any particular city in mind when you were drawing the buildings in the background?
2: Probably Rishon. I am, I can only imagine those buildings are a bit similar to where where my mother lives. Yep. And it's... No, I, I think it's really about not having a place, not having a place. Like, you know, the hardest thing for a human being is live somewhere And not have the other place ready. And it's a lot of times it's happening to someone that what what do you
0: mean not have the other place ready?
2: Let's say religious people that become just becoming religious. So they say the other world that I came from, it's not the place I want to be. But he didn't build the new place mentally, spiritually, okay, sometimes even physically. And this is the hardest place to be. That you have no safe place, and it's just—it's like connected to the start of our conversation about COVID and about not having a place. I think all of the safe places that we had in mind until now are just collapsing, and we are our own safe places now. Like we have to believe in ourselves because that's only—that's the thing that left, nothing else except yourself, and you are your own safe place. And right. uh, I, I think this is something that this walk is talking about. That's what I felt that that time four years ago. I think I'm a really different person now, and I have much more belief in myself. And why is he it, red? Why is he red? I don't know, because he's not yellow. <laughs> I, I don't I have no answer. Wait, is, this, is this supposed to be you? I guess so.
0: Did, did Was there a time when you didn't have hair?
2: No. Your no. Hair? Okay. no, no. Thank God. I am from my my Persian family. I was
0: going to say that you probably have lots of hair. Is hair to spare.
2: Yeah, yeah. Baruch, Baruch Hashem. It's really, really nice. And <laughs> <laughs> Half of my family is bald. Half of my family have hair, and I'm on the hairy part of the family. The hairy He's part afraid. should
0: donate some spare hair to the bald people. He's a hairy Persian haze.
2: You are be hairy also. That I think you have a. Uh, you we're neighbors.
0: Like... I'm a hairy
1: Iraqi. You're a hairy Persian. Yeah,
2: yeah. We can uh, make a boys' band.
1: <laughs> we can go be the lumberjacks. <laughs> Hasidic lumberjacks.
0: Hipsters <laughs> or lumberjacks. <laughs> you decide.
1: My wife was making fun of me. I did like. Like uh, I had one of these like fashiony
0: scarves. Don't make fun of me. I had a
1: fashion scarf
0: the other day with like a I will make fun of you. What the F is a fashion scarf? Like a fashion like How, a What's what, what is the difference between a regular scarf and a fashion scarf? A regular
1: is this... scarf is keeping you warm. A fashion scarf is like in like wear wore a necktie. I wore like a like a fashiony scarf. It's not keeping me warm. It's just like a, to add another layer. You try uh,
0: too hard to be a metrosexual. And,
1: <laughs> and I was wearing like a casual blazer and you know, I have my shaped beard and, and but I was wearing like a like a Flannel so the funny part shirt. about the story, so story is like, like this
0: is COVID and you were dressing up for yourself.
1: No I go to, I've been to go to my office. Yeah. so she says you look like, you look like a lumberjack hipster. <laughs> Are
0: you' listening to Mumford and Sons in the car?
1: I haven't listened to them in a while actually. I have to get back to it. Wow <laughs> uh,
0: Good times good times.
1: <laughs> oh my God,
0: so much flannel.
1: Of, uh, man I, I honestly uh feel like we could we could this should it, have it been wasn't a, this so should late at night we could talk for a minute oh and yeah
0: more. and this and this definitely should have been in an, an in-person podcast I and wish. not a zoom garbage i'm starting to really despise zoom uh i don't know about you make
2: a second episode
0: we will definitely make we a definitely second episode <laughs> with you. Or, uh, as soon as we can get back
1: in person uh we'll, we'll have you here in our lovely studio uh,
2: I, I will bring
1: a, a Jerusalem whiskey with me. Please do, please do. And actually, yeah, let's uh, let's do an episode with the whiskey guy. That sounds fun.
0: That actually does sound like a lot of fun. I think we'll now. need to do a tasting. Does he have like an actual distillery? Like, like yeah, 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 yeah,
2: yeah.
0: I've heard about this. It's a serious whiskey. Okay.
2: Yeah, yeah. He, he, it's a it's a beautiful place and a beautiful tasting whiskey. Where
0: is it in Yerushalayim?
2: It's now. It was next to Jerusalem in a in a, in a Moshavir, and it's now moving. Jerusalem to Jerusalem to Jerusalem it's a really nice place it's a really nice guy It's a good friend of mine and but that it doesn't matter because the whiskey is really good that's what's important that is what's important what Moshav is he in in Zanoch.
0: Zanoch is by Beit Shemesh on the other side
2: yeah yeah
0: okay
1: awesome cool so remind our listeners, uh, if they want to get in touch with you, if they want to see your artwork, if they want to buy your artwork, how can they do so?
2: Just contact me through the mail. All right.
1: And we'll put, we'll put that up on the show notes. We'll put your paintings, your website, all that up on the show notes. You also, Thanks. like we said, it's not just the paintings he makes. You can also custom order um, whether it's designs for your shop or your logo, like we did, Um I've seen restaurants that you've uh, completely designed and menus and all sorts of stuff. It's, it's not just this logo. It's the, the it's face The big logo. with the faces
0: and, the, and, and, other, and other things, too, on our website. All of the artwork on our website. Yeah,
1: all the artwork on our website is from Roy. Um, fantastic stuff. And uh, we encourage our listeners to follow you. You also have a hilarious Facebook page. You share all these hilarious, <laughs> these, these Russian memes. I love it. I love it. You're, it's like one of my favorite
0: Facebook pages to follow. Right, I'm going to start doing it's that.
1: It's like ridiculous things that can only happen in like Slavic countries. I don't know. It's the most random thing in the world, but it's really funny stuff. Wait, are
0: you watching like Slavic dashboard camera car stuff? You ever get <laughs> it?
2: <that>? <laughs> it's
0: great. You ever do this?
2: Yeah. What we're seen, talking about? Oh my God, it's the best.
1: Just in general, anything from the Slavic world is just a hilarious Um
2: It's hilarious when you're sitting and sharing it.
1: Yes. Not hilarious to the people that are living it. And I I have enough Russian friends or or, or friends from the former Soviet Union here in Israel that makes me be able to visualize it just a little more. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Roy Margaliot, artist, thinker, um, whatever we can say about you, just a generally wonderful human being. Thank you so much for being on Juwonst. It was awesome having you on the show.
2: It, it was a pleasure.
1: Thank you very much. Really. We're definitely going to have to have you back on the show and, and continue <laughs> talking.
0: Yeah. Well, he's going to be a regular friend of Julian's. He
1: was a friend of Julian's <laughs> from the start. He helped us conceptualize That's it. Right. So have, yeah, a, have a great day and have a nice uh, closure, which is coming up this Thursday.
2: <laughs> we'll do it we'll we again. See you soon. Hopefully. Thank you very much. Hopefully.
1: Take care. Peace buddy. and love. <laughs> bye
2: bye.
0: Juwonst is a joint creation of Benny Shoulder and Dan Pfefferman. Make sure to subscribe on whatever platform you get your podcasts. For more information and show notes about this and previous episodes, visit us
1: at juonst.com and feel free to hit us with your comments and suggestions. Thank you for tuning in and we'll see you back for the next episode of Juonst.